here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. I got to keep them separated. Well, I got to keep them separated. Whatever. God, I mean, what's the thing with the with God? God, I mean, what's the thing with the with God? I mean, what's the thing with the with God? I mean, what's the thing with the with God? I don't know. This is John here, and we are here on episode 11, a brand new guest, Mr. Joe Ga- J- Gagne. <laughs> oh my god, I can't! I suddenly forgot how to pronounce your last name. Uh, Joe Gagne. There you Gagne. go. There we go. Um, I swear to god, I used to listen to your podcast all the time, so it's very embarrassing. Um, Joe, how are you doing today, other than me being an idiot? Uh, no, I'm fine, and believe me, I, I butchered uh, pronouncing Omakase on uh, my last... I, I was just like, I was like, um, uh, 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 I totally I did, blanked I on it. That, so. was on the, that was on the match game, right? That was, yes. Yeah, I, I was I was listening to that, too, and like, uh, oh my god, that made me... So I so I was... People who don't know the match game process, can I can I, can I I pull back the curtain a little bit? Please do, yeah. You were, you were in the Voices of Wrestling Slack, um, like, asking for volunteers, I guess, for a Ring of Honor-themed episode, and I was thinking, like... I could do this, but then I thought about it more and I'd be like, wait a second, though. If it's going to be any questions, like, after, basically after Gabe left, I'm going to be really bad at it because, you know, I was a very, very hardcore fan. Obviously, if you listen to Omar say you know this now. During the Gabe years, I went to, you know, a ton of shows. After Gabe was gone, pretty much, like, the moment, basically, the moment Jerry Lim won the title, I was done with Ring of Honor. 
and other than going to some shows here or there, I really don't watch them. Um, so I was like, well, I just get slaughtered on the newer stuff. And then, you know, I see Sean Cedar volunteer, who's like, you know, our, our Ring of Honor correspondent for Voice of Wrestling, watches a ton of Ring of Honor. Cool guy, too. I met him a couple times. And then JR volunteered, who is, of course, my host on the Ring of Honor episode. And JR, you know, did exactly what I thought he was going to, what I thought I was going to do if I had gone on this show. He was pretty damn good at anything up till like 2008, but after that, he just had no idea. So I felt so bad for him listening to this, going him going up against this fucking juggernaut. Because Sean knew everything. Yeah, everything. Sean, was, Sean was a freight train on that episode. <laughs> he, he he could not be stopped. He was correcting me on questions that were factually <laughs> oh, yeah. incorrect. Yes, there was there was like, one. I, I don't remember what it was. But it was there was one. That, he says uh, there's another one. I don't believe it. Don't 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 believe it. Oh. But yeah, so so Joe, our guest today, everybody, you can currently find him on the Voice of Wrestling Podcasting Network, hosting the five star match game. Only two episodes old so far, but I have to say, a lot of fun. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, a lot different from things you'll listen to. It's it's short. It's uh, like I said, I have a lot of fun with it too, and uh, I'm very glad to bring it to uh to the network. And we'll uh, we'll get you on at some point if we find the, we got to find the right topic for uh, well, for certain people. I mean, I mean, Dragon Gate, I could do for sure. Like, especially if you made like Dragon System, mm. like like starting with like the Toriyama years forward, that'd be awesome. But even just Dragon Gate, I could I could do. Um, I can do a lot of Japanese promotions probably, but not not Ring of Honor because I, no. I, I just realized like I thought about it and I was very glad I passed honestly. Yeah, when you last week when you said you went to uh, every a Northeast show was that New England shows or is that just the New York New no, Jersey so area? I, okay, so I, yeah, I did, I, I did not include I I didn't I never went to Boston for a lot of show. I, right. I've been. I I started going to Boston every year for like an anime conventions not that long after, but. Back then, I just I never I never made it all the way to Boston for Ring of Honor. So yeah, I was I was at pretty much every Boston area show from like 2002 to 2007, and uh, yeah, it was just, a, just I was just listening and nodding my head last week with a lot of the things you guys said, and just the you know Boston was always on a Friday, and it was always a lesser of a show. It would be paired with a show in New York, or, you know, the Manhattan yeah. Center or something, and it just. It was, kind it of was, felt like a second-class citizen. It, it at was the, it was the Dayton of the Northeast. Although, it was, yeah. Although, although I I do think you guys got a little better than Dayton. Yeah, I think we were a little bit better. It was the first area they ran outside of Pennsylvania, so I think there was had a little more cachet than something like Dayton. Yeah, um, I was just watching a Boston show actually the other because I, I I was on nostalgic kick, but I was watching the um the the show in two thousand five. I think it's called It All Begins. Where yep, Aries, I was there. Yep, Aries comes out as champion. That was that was actually a pretty fun show. Yeah, um, I remember a, a good amount of that show. I think, um, yeah, it was Aries' first defense. I think yeah. it was a dragon homicide match. I think Mick Foley segment at the end. Yeah, it was a, it was a cool. And the the opening segment with Aries as champion, and then the uh, you know Shelly coming out. I mean, that was pretty cool. So mm. good. It was a good good show. Um, but yeah, Boston definitely got the short of the stick sometimes. You guys got survival the fittest a lot. I feel like. <laughs> I've never had one, but yeah, it feels like the one, the one I missed in 2005 actually flew out to the Ted Petty Invitational that year. Uh, that was that was like sick. I had to miss a Boston show, but yeah. what are you gonna do? Um, but yeah, that's Ring of Honor, everybody. It was a that was a lot of fun that episode. And we got a lot of feedback on it, so we're definitely gonna do another one at some point. But you know, it was it was a it was a good time, just reminiscing about that whole period. But mm. that's actually not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about wrestling podcasts. 
we're getting very meta, everybody, on this on today's episode. Now, this is one of those one of those ideas where, um, you know, some uh, you know, I take a peek behind the omakase process. Sometimes I just ask people, "Do you want to come on?" and I ask them for a topic. Sometimes I have a topic idea and I just kind of ask a lot of people, or just even even on my Twitter feed, I'll just be like, "Does anyone want to talk about the New Japan show with me?" or "Does any, you know?" I'll be like, I, I'll, "I'll ask like multiple people." For this one, when I had this idea to do an episode on wrestling podcasts, you were the first name I thought of, and I think you can probably guess why, because of that article you used to do for Voice of Wrestling for. How long did you do that for? Like over a year, right? Uh, pretty close to two years, I think. I did a couple editions before it moved to Voices of Wrestling. Okay. And I think overall it was about two years. So it was called Wrestling Podmass, right? Yep. Yeah. Correct. And the, you know, that, that you did that, that so like, like you said, for almost two years. So you were the first person I thought of when it came to this. Plus you have experience hosting um, originally Joe versus the World. Um, and you also used to fill in on Adam and Mike, right? That was the I did that a couple times. Yep. Yeah. I also, I once co-hosted uh, Wrestling Observer Live or Wrestling Observer, whichever one's on um, Sports Byline that's, at the yeah, time. That's, I actually that's, did that once. Live, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you you have experience um, hosting podcasts of your own. Plus, you've covered a ton of podcasts. Um, I guess for you know, I always like to start these episodes like talking about someone's background in wrestling. But for you, you can just talk about, on this topic especially, what is your background with, like, wrestling podcasts? Like, what was the first... Was it Figure Four that got you into it? Was it something else? Like, what was your starting gate for podcasts? I guess the idea, and it's always odd to me being the very old man that I am, that if you've been a wrestling fan for, like, ten years, like, podcasts are always something, like, you're used to. But to me, being, um, you know, when I was growing up, the idea of any kind of conversation about wrestling being held on the radio or anything like that was just like if you were lucky you'd get a couple of minutes on local sports talk you know maybe if you were very very fortunate so i've always been interested by it, the idea of long form discussions of wrestling and i guess it kind of dates back to i guess if you want to go the old yada observer show which wasn't a podcast per se it happened every same time every day but it was still like two hours of discussion about wrestling with guests and all this kind of just talking about the industry and it was that was just really fascinating and i guess with the introduction of podcasts and podcasting the first one i really listened to was the old pph the pursue power hour with uh, keith oh, lipinski that, and mike sempervivi that was on that oh god what the hell was there i know what you're talking about it was on pure so that was the name of the site right pure rescue power yeah, it was Zach Arnold ran. Um, oh, right. I forget the name of the site, but yeah. And then and then and then Adam joined that later, right? Yes, Adam joined that. Uh, Keith dropped off. Adam joined on. I think Keith might have come back, but yeah. I think I think because I definitely listened to it. I think I might have started once Adam was already there. Because mm-hmm. like, this is bringing back memories for me too. But yeah, that was a that was a really cool show back in the day, and it was a, that not quite like my entry to Puro, but like. Um, kind of my gateway to learning more i guess just from beyond what i knew from watching tapes so yeah it was just so so strange to like here's this very almost a niche of a niche if you were especially back then yeah especially back then and hearing people discuss it and you know it was just i I remember like you know setting up my computer speakers and playing tiger woods golf on my playstation while i listened just for hours on end because those shows kind of they set the mark for being uh those would go the multiple hours yeah, which, you know, I feel like that's gone, we've gone more and more in that direction now of, like, you know, two to three hour shows and, 
some you know some fucking shows go like seven hours and it's like i don't i don't even know how they do it but um, yeah yeah it's it's always been i mean if the content's good you can go as long as you want it's just hard to sometimes like when i have a when i have a backlog i always start with like what's the shortest show so i can get that done and then um feel like i've accomplished something so to speak yeah i mean i i feel like two is two is ideal to me because i can sometimes i I mean if you can if you can do a a snappy one hour show and get a lot of stuff in i feel that's cool but you know a lot of times with one hour shows it's almost like do you really have enough time to get really all in on the topic unless um you know unless your topic is wwe i guess (laughs) because there's not that much to analyze there beyond there's a crazy old man doing whatever he wants but but yeah, I don't know. A lot of hour shows now almost feel short to me, which is funny because that used to be the standard length. But. Yeah, they used. To, I mean, it was just. I mean, it was just interesting. It was a whole brand new world of radio content where you didn't have. Yeah. You know, you didn't have like five minutes for a guest. You could go as long or as short, conceivably as you wanted to, and it's still kind of. I mean, the the whole medium's still pretty young, and I mean, it's only been you know, like probably a hardcore decade probably a bit more than that like a bit more than that still a dozen years of a new medium yeah people are still finding their way um so we've hit the point though where i mean i can tell i used to do um back before i did wrestling podcast i did hockey podcasts and even in the past five years or so um i've noticed that if you like even five years ago if you tell somebody you know um i did i did a podcast you just, you get a lot more like what's that reactions, whereas mm-hmm. today if you tell somebody you did a podcast, it's pretty that you do a podcast I should say it's pretty rare to get a what's that reaction I feel like maybe that's the bubble I live in 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 New York or something but like it feels like everybody kind of knows what podcasts are. Yeah, everyone kind of knows. I don't know if everyone. Not everyone. Literally. Not not everyone listens, <laughs> but I think a lot of people are aware and probably realize. All right, it's not you know just some guy in his attic with a <laughs> ham radio or something. Yeah. Um, I think probably just the the rise of like the iPhone probably helped a lot with that because, you know, you obviously have the, the podcast thing right there. I'll leave it on mm. iPod too, I guess. But uh, Are there still iPods? I don't know. Is the term podcast uh, there, out of there, date already? There are. I mean, um, I know my... I, I know a couple of people actually that just don't like having all their music on my girlfriend, uh, my be- another friend of mine. Like, they both have like separate iPod touches because they don't like having all their music on their phone for some reason. <laughs> so I don't, I don't do that. I don't, I don't even have any music. Like, I, I just stream everything off of Apple Music now. So mm. nobody owns anything anymore. It's all streaming. Um, but yeah, so pods do iPods do exist still. They're just obviously much less of a thing now. I still remember the first one I got in 2005. I thought it was the <laughs> the pinnacle of technology, and it's just so laughably. Uh, yeah. I, did, I, I don't know if I had the very... I didn't have a first generation. It, it must have been, like, God, at least second or third gen. First mm. one I got. Like, it was a... But, yeah, I mean, it it it, it, it did blow our minds back in the day. <laughs> for people oh, who were much younger. Like, yeah, for Christmas, um, my, I think, fiancé at the time, now wife, got me... Uh, uh, still a very rudimentary one with video I could uh, you know I could stream if there was Wi-Fi in the area and I remember watching that uh, Hanma Masato Tanaka match I think for the never title that happened I think Christmas Eve and it was just like oh man life is so you. good you <laughs> know, this idea of consuming <laughs> wrestling in this manner yeah I remember the first time I got I, I, I like had a tablet that kind of blew my mind I was mm-hmm. like wow I can carry a screen with me but um 
but yeah, this is so back to the wrestling podcast topic though. Um, so let, so let's let's set some parameters. I would say I'm going to say there's like three big types of wrestling podcasts. Mm-hmm. There's wrestling journalists, you know, which you know you have your Dave Meltzer's, your Brian Alvarez's, your Pro Wrestling Torch, like people who are making it as a career doing this. Um, your wrestling fans, you know, this this podcast, many others. Us, yep, yeah, and then your ex wrestlers slash wrestlers slash ex personalities, you know, like the Steve Austin podcast, the Eric Bischoff, all the all the ones you used to cover every week. Would you agree with this hypothesis, or is there another yep. kind? Nope, that sounds sounds fair. Okay, so what you can start? You're the guest. What, what kind of podcast type do you want to start with? Um, let's start with the wrestler one because that's probably the most noteworthy, but probably the most we have to say. I mean, <laughs> the most. I'm trying to like. Crabby. I guess the ones we'd be most critical of. Um. So yeah, I. This is this is what I want to talk to you about because I really don't know that much about them. Um, I tried to listen to a few, like I listened to a few episodes of the Steve Austin one. I tried the Jericho one. Um, oh, that might have been it, actually. I think I might. I guess I tried the Jr. one a couple times, but like, there's just something about it that never clicks with me the same way the other two categories have clicked with me, and you have listened to more hours of this probably than anyone on earth. Which is why I thought you would be a great person to ask this. What is missing from the wrestling? If you accept my hypothesis, something is missing. What do you think is missing? Well, I think there's a certain level of honesty that's always going to be missing. Even if you're not currently in the WWF, you don't want to just go out trash the product if you think it's bad because you want to maintain a relationship with them. And maybe they maybe maybe you go backstage. Maybe you see these wrestlers. You don't want to like take a total dump on someone and then have to you know see them backstage. You don't want to. And I'm sure you're sympathetic in a way because you know you probably went through something in the same manner, and maybe you're, maybe you think, well, you know, they don't have the freedom we used to have. Things aren't, you know, we used to be able to have a lot more, could do a lot more. It's not fair. So it always just feels disingenuous in a way. Like when I hear, you know, I remember the Edging Christian podcast when I actually enjoy a bit, but they're talking about gender and being like, well, he's growing into the role and it's complicated and it's just like. No, it's really not. It fucking sucks. I mean, it's really not. Yeah, you, you need someone to come out and say that, and that, it's not going to be them. Um, so, so you used to. How did you get through all these? You put them on on like fast forward. I would assume, like, uh, I would tend to listen at one point five times right, speed. That, something I still do, just because it <laughs> allows you to get through a lot more. Oh, so you listen to everything like that? I do. I hope I sound okay at one point five speed. You, I'm completely understandable. Don't worry. Um, but I just, I just hate my voice in general. So it's like, wow, at one point five, I have, to, I have to listen to it tonight and see what it sounds like. Um, but yeah, so one point five speed that will obviously get you through a lot of stuff a lot faster. Um, so when you were like, do you still listen to a lot of the wrestle ones now? I've cut back on of the vast majority of them. Okay, that's that's what I thought you were going to say. So, um, by the time you were done with Wrestling Pod Match, which for people are unaware, that was your weekly column recapping all of these wrestler podcasts. I mean, you were doing like a dozen of them, right? Like more than that, maybe. Oh, uh, let me think of the schedule at its peak. Let's see. I think Sunday was MVP. Yeah, it had to be at least a dozen, probably. Yeah. Maybe closer to 15. Yeah, so you're doing a lot of them. Um, and how many do you listen to now? Like uh, I'm, I mean, podcasts. It's yeah. still an all-day commitment. As far as God, wrestler ones. It's. I just. I don't. I don't know if I listen. I mean, I think I, I listened to the Edge and Christian show f- 
pretty consistently. As far I mean, everyone else, oh, it just wow. it'll depend on the guest. Yeah, I, I just pulled a number out of my butt, but apparently the real answer is one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so like you could just but reading the column every week, you know, where again you you would listen to the podcast, and you you give us a recommendation, pass or fail, which was or like listen or don't listen. What was what was the great score? It was a thumbs up, thumbs, a thumbs in up, the middle, thumbs down. Gotcha. Because I, I remember I used it, and you know, I, back when I would actually try to pay it, see if you know, is this is this guest worth actually listening to? And and actually, you know what? I, I thinking about this, I listened to it far more often when you did that call because <laughs> mm. I I would always see like, oh, this guest might be interesting, and but I would wait to see if you gave it a thumbs up or a thumbs like if mostly you got it, gave it a thumbs up, I wouldn't even bother because. It's half the time when you gave it a thumbs up, it, I really wouldn't like it that much anyway. So it's like mm. I didn't want to risk it, but um, but like yeah. So the the, the podcast themselves, um, you you were really burnt out by the end. That's that was clear reading it. Um, what what like what made you so burnt out by the end of doing that column every week? Was it just the disingenuousness, or was it something else? It was the fact they just kind of kept <laughs> the podcast just kept coming. This year alone, I think in the first quarter, we had podcasts from Edging Christian, Raven, I think Lillian Garcia, Tony Schiavone started one, maybe another one I'm forgetting. That's just the first three months of this year. And no one was really quitting, you know, like Jim Cornette didn't get fed up and quit. You know, Jim Ross didn't get fed up. Like everyone just kind of keeps going. It gets to the point of, well, what do you... Like I, I can't cover everything, but what do you cover? I and see what you're saying. So you didn't feel you would you wouldn't feel okay with just continuing it, even with the 15 and not including any new ones. It felt weird to you. Yeah, because I, you know, if I'm leaving something out, if I only cover the ones I like, it kind of defeats the purpose right. of the column because it's just stuff I like. So hilariously, I really didn't even know. I think I knew Edge. I knew Edge and Christian. That was it. I didn't even know any of the other ones. Yeah, I mean, they can if you don't kind of follow along, they can fly under the radar. Yeah. All right, so what? Let's say, let's make this really easy. What was the best one consistently? Was it Edging Christian? Since that's the only one you uh, listen to. Yeah, that one's fairly new. That actually came before I started. I mean, um, after I finished the pod mass. Okay. But it's still it's pretty good. I mean, the interviews tend to be very good. I think the Daniel Bryan one was very illuminating. That was one of the better interviews I've ever heard, largely because he was so open about his uh, his statement yeah. his uh, state of mind I should say and his plans for the future and they tend to have a pretty easy going uh, back and forth chemistry not surprisingly you actually get a couple legitimate laughs out of it as opposed to you know Jim Ross and his impressions which you know yeah. was awful and never funny so when you when you were doing the the, pot, the one, one was the one you looked forward to the most or generally annoyed you the least oh man I, when Ric Flair started he was he was a lot of fun because he had a real freewheeling style I the stories were a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, Jericho is normally pretty good. It really depended on the guest. If he's talking to someone currently in the locker room, it's you know, usually pretty good listen. If he's just talking to some guy in a band he knows, it's... Yeah, uh, that, I, I can... Okay, Let, that, I'm glad you brought this up because this is something I probably would have forgot, but um, I'm feeling to say. These wrestlers bringing on non-wrestling guests, no one is listening to these podcasts to hear Chris Jericho talk to a bandy nose. Like, if we're listening to Chris Jericho podcast, it's because we're wrestling fans, and we want to hear him talk to wrestlers. Like, I really, do, you, do you really think there was an audience that's like, oh, I love these Jericho band interviews? Like, it just, I really find it hard to believe people are really into that. Yeah, it's hard to believe there's any kind of cross-pollination there. I mean, if you know Chris Jericho, it's got to be like 95% is because he's a wrestler, yeah. and you're interested in his 
thoughts and stories on wrestling and not not as banned. So maybe let's say 95% know him as a wrestler and only as a wrestler. Maybe 4% know him as a wrestler and also like his band. And like 1% know him primarily for a band. And those two might be high. But I'm just yeah. like... But I don't know. Like Jericho, to me, was the was the biggest culprit for this where every week, if you, every other week I feel like, okay, well, definitely not going to listen to Talk is Jericho because it's a non-wrestling guest again. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not as much. I mean, the Austin one would have some non-wrestling guests too. But I feel like the Jericho one was the biggest culprit for that. Yeah. The nice thing is it's always easy to tell. Like, if you if you have a favorite television show, you have to watch an episode to see if you like it or not. But if you see Chris Jericho talking to the bassist from some crappy band, you, you can say, like, you know, I feel confident in skipping this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but but even with that said, though, I, when Jericho did have a, get, a wrestling guest on, it was usually pretty okay, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, you usually got some. You usually got some pretty in- interesting stories out of it. Yeah. It's someone in the locker room, not always, but but a decent amount of time. Wh- which one did you find like insufferable almost every week? Uh, I really did not like the Eric Bischoff show. <laughs> that's not, just, I never heard it, but that's not surprising. He just, I mean, he just comes across like so smug, which is. Super if you're a wrestling heel, but if I'm trying to listen and be entertained by you, it doesn't work. And I just can I ask did he get did he give us his politics at all? Oh yeah, he would get into uh, a bit yeah, of politics, which I I, don't, I never um I don't be, I'm not going to give someone a bad grade because uh, you know their political views. You know they didn't quite align with mine, but I just was never who terribly. The, who the fuck wants to hear it though? Like I don't even, like I'm you know I'm pretty leftist, but I really don't give a shit if. Like, let's say Chris Jericho's a huge leftist, which I don't know if he is or not. I wouldn't want to hear Chris Jericho tell me about how much he loves socialism. Like, that's not what I'm here for, honestly. <laughs> so, you know, like, I don't. It, it, it's probably even more insufferable when it's the opposite political. I don't I, I just remember, like, I like his Twitter feed was, was always insufferable for that. So, I was Yeah, I no, he was fun. bad about it. Uh, Jim Cornette is always on politics, but on very leftist leaning which is kind of surprising for first, you know first, a southern guy like that yeah the first time i heard it he's one of these um these old school southern democrats who like never left the party it's very interesting mm, it yeah. is yeah <laughs> um, i mean I, I don't mind listening to him rant about that but i can see certainly how it would drive some people crazy yeah um so let me think of the other ones we haven't mentioned the gr one i never really liked i, I gave it a couple tries no he is he was he, oh god! Every interview, I don't care if he was talking to Adam Cole or JJ Dillon or Luthez. He would, my cat shows up. Uh, he would always um, be like, "Oh, what do you think about guys selling these days?" And it's like, "Oh my god, enough!" He would always harp about Ring of Honor's production. He, that was just something he would not shut up about until Kevin Kelly finally explained it to him. And Wait, what yeah, did he Kevin, was what just Kevin Kelly explain. He's just oh, he just said like, "Well, it's." Kind of, um, kind of the cost and the way they have to set up. If you know more expensive ones would require being there a day or so early, which is not economically feasible, and things like that. And he finally shut up about it. <laughs> and uh, he just seemed to have such a contempt for his fans. Like, I don't, I don't know. It just, I never liked that. I mean, he usually had decent. He certainly had the connections to have good guests, and you know, sometimes you get good stories out of him. But he was very unlikable as a host. Him, the thing that's surprising to me, if you hear the JR one and the Cornette one, not that I like the Cornette one at all, but JR would sometimes like go more about like it used to be better in the old school than Cornette even, which like I mean Cornette did it a lot, but it felt like JR did it more, which I would not have guessed for the two of them. 
Yeah, I guess, I mean, Jim Cornette does have a job in wrestling right now, so JR does not. Well, I, I guess he does calling things, but still, yeah, he leaned even harder into it. Almost anyone I can think of. Yeah, it's the most bizarre part to me. Like, you, you wouldn't you, like, expect Cornette to lean the hardest? You, Yeah, you would think he would, outside of, you know, Luthez or something, then yeah. Yeah. Um, the Steve Austin one, eh. Eh, I, don't, I haven't, honestly, I haven't listened to that in a long time. Yeah. I mean, maybe not since he had Brian Kendrick on. I think I was quasi interested in that, but a lot of times he'll take questions or read uh, emails or talk to his gardener. And in general, these podcasts, like I don't know if people if people listen to to my podcast and fast forward through a lot. Maybe they fast forward through the opening, uh, like few minutes where I just we end up just talking about stuff that has nothing to do with the topic. But I just feel like all these wrestler podcasts, it's just you have to fast forward through so much to get to the actual fucking interview. That almost that might actually be the, the part that annoys me that annoyed me the most. Now that I think about it. Yeah, you have to get through just talking about whatever nonsense, like his just RV or his dogs oh or something. God. Yeah, but like it'd be like forty-five minutes before you actually get to the fucking interview. Yeah, so I, I think Jim Cornette was the worst. If you don't, if you don't include his rambling as part of the show, the the introductions would be longer than the actual interviews that took place afterwards. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just in a bubble and there's a lot of podcasts like that, but, like, I don't know. It seems like all these wrestler personalities ones are like that and it just always drove me crazy. Like, if I'm, if I'm listening, if I want to hear JR talk to Vader, I just want to hear JR talk to Vader. I don't want to hear a half hour about JR's fucking barbecue sauce or whatever. You want to hear about his thoughts on SmackDown? No, I don't. I don't. I, don't give, I mean, that would be one of the that'd be one of the less, the less offensive ones. Honestly, there's a lot. Yeah, that's true. A lot of ones where they don't even talk about wrestling for a half an hour. It's like okay, but Oklahoma football. Yeah, like Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm off base, but that's my that's a big complaint I always had. Um, yeah, that was always yeah. I mean, but it's easy enough to fast forward. You just kind of keep going until you hear you come across probably an ad, then keep going a little further, and then the interview will probably start. I'm looking at your last one now, just to get an idea of which ones you were listening to at the time. The fucking VIP Lounge. I, don't, I didn't even remember MVP had one. Was that any good? Uh, not terribly. He and his host was a former WWE writer. Alex Greenfield. They didn't really have any chemistry. It, was, uh, it wasn't It was even... This was one of the ones, like, we just don't want it to be about wrestling. We want to talk about all kinds of things. It's like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Pass. Like, the thing that I don't think people under... Like, People don't understand that, like, I don't want to hear a wrestling... If I want to hear general American pop culture podcast, which I don't anyway, but if I did, I certainly wouldn't go to a professional wrestler for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, what do they know? They're always on the road, like... Um, okay, conversation with the big guy. I can probably guess that fucking sucked. Um, it's even... Yeah, it was always... That started off slow. I think... I mean, Ryback doesn't even wrestle anymore. No. He'll do like two and a half hours talking about his life. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like him and Pat Buck. It's like, oh my god, this was yeah, that was that was uh, terminated with extreme prejudice when I uh, mm. when I quit the the column. Who the hell was the card is going to change? Oh, that's the AIW one. That's uh, actually that's uh, that was really good. I mean, Chandler Biggins passed away, and that was uh, that's kind of the weird effect that like you know felt like you you knew this guy you hear him tell stories every week seemed like a fun guy if he hadn't done the show and just passed away it would have been like oh the one of the co-owners of AIW passed away but this was, I mean the one about his actual passing was like just completely gut wrenching just talking about his slow decline and in in, uh, in his uh, demise there was just like 
completely just a sucker punch of a listen. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I, I really didn't. I re- I didn't know they even had a podcast, honestly. So. Yeah, that that one was a, it, the early ones were a lot of fun. It's just, it's just kind of weird to listen to now that one of the hosts has passed on and they're still carrying on. It's just kind of something very clearly is missing. So, killing the town. That's Cyrus, right? That's Cyrus and Lance Storm. Oh, and that, that one was... That's okay. It's, I'm, I never liked Lance Storm that much when he was on the F4W shows, but mm, yeah, I never Cyrus gives him some shit, and it's always a pretty entertaining listen. I, I, I mean, yeah, that, that was always fun. There, and, um, I did notice, by the way, in, the, in, the, in this podcast, in this column, the last one you had, Will I Keep Listening? Yes or No? And some of these you have yes, which clearly you didn't. So, huh? Yeah, those quickly turned to no's when I realized. <laughs> you just look at it and be like, you know what? I just don't want to listen to this maybe it's okay i don't want to listen so i'm not going to it's nice to uh, you appreciate that freedom uh the ross report we already went over that but i just like your answer <laughs> will i keep listening lord no <laughs> <laughs> uh mlw radio um I, I never listened to that one either how, I, um how is that that's interesting i mean it w- weirdly started when i first listened to it it was just about the old MLW independent uh, company and talking about people who were involved in that and they had an interview with Tai Okea who I'd never heard an interview with before and that was actually really interesting talking about how he got into Japanese wrestling and uh, you know working all Japan and staying with the company and all that and then just kind of morphed they kind of just talking about having some guests on they talked to Conan and he actually became a co-host for a while before he actually got poached by Jericho to jump to his network with his own show and uh yeah now it's just kind of i don't even think court bauer is on i don't think he's on it anymore i don't know what he's doing i guess he is i kind of i mean it's just kind of a current events show and i get plenty of those yeah so i kind of okay here's an interesting one we haven't brought up art of wrestling um i listened to that a few times but eh. i i still listen to that that's one of the ones i still listen to pretty frequently i know every thursday morning i get up i you know i listen to observer radio and then art of wrestling and you know i think colt deserves a lot of credit he was one of the first certainly not the first wrestler audio podcast but the one that kind of kind of popularized the format and the, you saw you know the podcast won so many people come out of the woodwork kind of based on him and you know kind of his own kind of self-promotion yeah. and the way he pushed himself like that it's still a pretty decent listen you know sometimes you know he does live shows i'm not that big a fan of but, they, they know, have one in new york last weekend which i I was never going to consider going to because I don't even listen to it, but I just, I just think they were pushing it pretty hard on my Twitter feed and stuff, so. Yeah, I don't know about going live if that's, it didn't seem all that to watch people talk about wrestling. They did a whole fucking, uh, like, podcast convention, the Javits Center last weekend, that's what it was part of. I'm like, how the the fuck do you have a, a convention to go and watch other people do podcasts? It just seems like the most boring thing in the world, but I don't know. It is kind of weird. I think Ryback was a part I of that, love, too, so yeah, you can he even loves, imagine. He, I, I love anime cons, though, so I guess I shouldn't talk. Um, keep it at 100. What the hell is that? Oh, that's Conan's show. Oh, where, okay. Um, okay. It's him, Disco Inferno, and uh, Kevin Gill, and they have a lot of guests on. That was always kind of interesting because the format, it wasn't like a one-guest format. They'd have very short interviews with guests. They'd kind of like a bunch of little segments jammed together it'd be, it'd be like a two and a half hour show i haven't really revisited, revisited that because it's kind of long podcasts are just draining yeah to me so i never really went back to that one um let me see i think we're almost through all of them actually the msl and sullivan show uh, that's like another mlw radio kind of right yeah it's kevin sullivan and uh msl just kind of talking old wcw current events 
Kevin's career. Something like that. It was always pretty good, but I kind of fallen off on that one too. Something to wrestle with. What was that? That's a Bruce Pritchard show. Kind of the the apparently. I mean, he got a job on national oh, television yeah. because of that. that is which great. I mean, it is GFW or or what have yeah. you. It's not. But still, yeah, like someone got a job because of a podcast. And, and that was always, I kind of, I kind of, you know, his shtick of like, oh, Meltzer's terrible, and then he'll confirm 99% of his reporting, and <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, speaking of, so one, I noticed, you, I don't know if this was going on at the time, you just didn't cover it or what, what about Vince Russo? Oh, yeah, I kind of had a thing where uh, only once a week podcast I would review. He and Taz used to have it, and then he moved to five days a week. And Russo started at five days a week, so I think I did the first show, and I'm like, I don't even, I, I just can't. I, mean, I, like, I, I can't fucking believe you. All the, the only time I feel like I ever hear about that podcast now is when he said something just incredibly stupid. And other than, other than that, it, he might as well not exist. But a couple times a year, I hear like, you know, oh, he called Dave Meltzer gay or something. Which is, yeah. yeah, he he has a, a weekly show uh, where he plays clips from wrestling pundits like Dave Meltzer and makes fun of them and that's his uh that's kind of his big claim to fame now I'm sure yeah I'm that's sure like 10 people enjoy it I I don't yeah that, I mean that's kind of the in thing between you know Bruce Pritchard and Vince oh, Russo you kind of fight back against the sheets does, is, does uh, Pritchard actually play the clips too or no he doesn't play clips but I mean they pretty much take old observers and go you know almost line by line talking about a past event interesting. and Bruce confirms or denies that's interesting um so yeah, so that kind of covers I think a lot of the big ones you were covering at the time. Um, overall, can't say I'm a big fan. It doesn't sound like you're that big a fan of this format either. Um, just nothing, nothing there. Like I, I, I feel like you know obviously the access is really cool sometimes, but yeah, I mean I, I, fe- I really fe- like I used to listen to it occasionally, and I really haven't listened to it pretty much at all since you stopped doing your column. So I don't think I've listened to a single one since you stopped doing your column actually, but. I don't know. Maybe if I maybe if I still liked and watched and paid more attention to American wrestling too, it would have more appeal to me. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's my personal feeling on it. What? What? I mean, I just listen to pretty much always fan podcasts in comparison. Yeah, and well, so so let that's a good transition, I guess. But first, maybe we should talk about the the like the professional journalist podcast because I feel like we're coming down a scale here. Well, we've done wrestler, and now we're doing like we're talking about professional journalists. So, do you subscribe to Figure Four and PW Torch? I feel like those are two big ones. I don't do the Torch. I've done it on occasion when they've had sales, but I've been a pretty consistent observer. Yeah, I've always been observer, also so observer subscriber since probably like I don't know, like two thousand five or something. And I well, no, before when was the merger? The merger was merger was maybe oh seven, oh six, oh seven. Because I was I was already a Figure Four subscriber at least a year before the merger. So I feel like that was like probably like a year or two before the mergers when I when I was a subscriber. Um, yeah, I was an F4W subscriber. I think day day one because wow. I was subscribed to the print. Um, I used to subscribe to the print uh, copy back in like you know '03. Yeah, I, I remember Brian used to do like Toyamon reviews if you can <laughs> believe oh, that. Wow. And then uh, I fell off for a bit because I, I was I'm on the East Coast. I wouldn't get it till you yeah. know. Yeah, I mean that was always my. Sometimes you don't get it till that Monday. That was always my problem with the Observer because I, I was a print Observer subscriber for for since like, well I shouldn't say forever, but since like '02 I think. Yeah. So I, I so when when they merged, I was thrilled because it's like wow I can just get everything now, online. But um, 
but yeah, I, I, I can only imagine how many print observers I've lost over the years. But I've never been, <laughs> I've never been a, fi- a print figure four subscriber. I never really read the figure yeah. four after I subscribed. I was one of those people. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Just, I remember I read the death of WCW and uh, just plowed through it and loved it so much. I signed up. A, That's why a, I was a print subscriber. It's a great book. I really like that book too. Yeah. Um. So so figure four though. Do here's a question. Do you still listen to all the like? What what's your current listing like for figure four podcasts? Uh, I tend to do. I'll do anything uh, with Dave. I tend to do the um, Wrestling Observer live shows every day because when you get the podcast one, it's like always like thirty eight minutes, which at one and a half times speed is like twenty four minutes. So I can just plow through the day's news pretty quickly. Still do most of the B and V's on that, so I'll skip uh, here and there. Although you know it's getting not as fun as it used to be, shall we yeah. say? To I was going to ask, I was hoping you'd answer that because I wanted to a- ask you about it. Cause, so, so my background, I used to listen to every Observer, every Brian and Vinny. Um, I really liked the Todd Martin shows back in the day, which, mm-hmm. you know, when he left, that was a big, that was a blow because I really enjoyed his shows. Um, and I used to listen to all the Lance Storm ones and a lot of the guests. I don't, I can't think of the exact time when I really fell out of it. I think maybe like 2014 was when I stopped really listening to all the shows and we've reached a point now where I almost never listen unless um, I still subscribe. I still read the, the Print Observer most weeks, but I really never listen unless they're unless it's like after a big New Japan show and I want to hear Dave talk about it. That's basically so I listen like maybe once every other month. I feel like to the Dave episodes. Um, Brian and Vinny doesn't do anything for me anymore. And there was and there was a time when I was still listening, like after I had stopped watching WWE, and it was like my you know my outlet for that. But I don't know, like, I you know I don't I didn't want to, I don't want this to turn to like a bash Brian Alvarez show, but like just and I'm sure it's a cliche at this point to point this out, but it feels like the passion isn't there for him anymore, and at least it wasn't by the time I stopped listening, and you know I don't I don't know it feels like he just comes on the Dave episodes he feels like he throws the Dave and Dave just starts talking. Is that is that fair or is that me? Oh, uh, the take us through the card or yeah. take us through the undercard take, is, take is kind of a cliche show, at this take point. Us the show, Dave. Yeah, um, the G one, Dave. Like you know, whatever, it just goes. Um, the Brian Vinny shows themselves. I, I mean, what I liked about Brian and Vinny, you know, I liked it when they got mad. Right? I think a lot of people like that. They mm-hmm. liked it when they got this. They're watching this fucking shitty modern WWE product, and they would get fucking mad. And I like that, you know, because there's two people who also passionately feel like this fucking shit sucks. I feel like at some point they made a conscious decision, and I I get it to a degree because like you know it can't be fun watching this shit and ranting and raving about it all the time. I feel like they made a conscious decision not to let it bother them anymore. And I feel like they made a conscious decision not to get angry on a weekly basis. Maybe I'm totally off base. Maybe maybe even since I stopped listening, they, they get angry again. But I feel like that was a big reason why I stopped watching, where it felt like a lot of the passion was drained, and it didn't give me that like cathartic feeling of these two people getting angry at this fucking television show that they're being forced to watch. But I don't know. Yeah, they, they have largely given up on modern wrestling. The only... Things they cover are Lucha Underground and NXT, and pretty soon it'll just be NXT. Although I think maybe Ring of Honor is replacing that. But there's so much. Okay, wait, wait retros- a second. So I didn't know this. So they don't even do the Raw and SmackDown reviews anymore. They do not do Raw or SmackDown. Wow. The only 
time. SmackDown's disgust is with Tom Lawler on. Uh, Brian does it with him. No one talks about Impact at all. Well, that they just kind of, they surprised. stopped doing Ring of Honor. Yeah. So I, I'm a little so, so I remember when I think when I stopped listening, they had talked about stopping Raw, like all right, even back then, like they were talk they would talk about like how we're, we're doing the same recap the next day, but they don't do any recap of Modern Raw at all. Uh, Brian and Vinny do not. I mean, they had Vinny do the Hulu version for a while, and Brian would fill in whatever was cut, but they just stopped doing that. So that was that's very recent, or um, maybe in the last year, I want to okay. say, maybe a bit further. I, it's hard to who the hell can keep so track. They only do the retro raw and the retro nitro. Yep, that's Wednesday. Uh, Sunday is uh, NWA television from like thirty years ago. Fridays are NXT and uh, for do, at least a bit Lucha Underground. They do pay per views or no? Yeah, they do pay per views too. Okay, yeah, they do do pay per views. Okay. So, so Vinny just stopped watching weekly WTV. Probably is the answer. Yep, that's interesting. And okay, so so I mean that I understand that critique back in the day. Like there, sometimes it would feel like Brian's repeating himself over the two shows. Although I always felt like he brought such a different, like you know, it felt like he was himself on Brian and Vinny, where he wasn't with Dave. So I never felt like he was doing the exact same thing on the both shows. But I, he would talk about it a lot. But it's very interesting that he just stopped. What do you think of the decision? What do you think of the decision to stop covering Raw? I mean, I, I don't know. The guy quit because he didn't like it, but that's, I don't know. It's kind of the, I mean, hey, I wouldn't want to watch Raw either, but it's not my job to, <laughs> to it was your job to do it, you know. If people liked hearing it, you should probably do it. I don't know. Is it, was it, was it a con, like, do, so people didn't like this decision, I'm guessing. Uh, no, I, I mean, I guess people are okay with it because they keep doing it. If there was a huge backlash, I imagine okay. people just like the the retro shows. Oh, that's interesting. So that so I learned something new here, everybody. Today, I had no idea yep. I'd stop doing it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I do. do, do you, I'm guessing you. Do you agree with me? You miss it. You miss them yelling at how terrible Raw is. Yeah, I you know I kind of miss the old days when it was you know a guy and his his buddy just. Making their way through modern wrestling, you know, both guys are older. They're married. Brian's got a kid. Maybe it just kind of mellows you out. Maybe you just don't want to yeah. do this anymore. I don't want to stare. You. I mean, I don't want to watch Raw either, like you said. So I get it. But I mean, I I sure yeah. don't. I just, I just get up Tuesday morning. I listen to Dave and Brian run it down in a half hour. I feel like I'm caught up. Yeah. If something amazing happened, and when was the last time that was the case? <laughs> you know, it replays on the network. Yeah. And I save myself three hours. I got a good night's yeah. sleep. I don't. I, I can't say I ever watch it either, but I don't. I don't really miss it at all. Um, but yeah, so I so I get it. I get why they wouldn't do it. But like, I I would agree with you that that's, you know, it, it, they're missing something there. They don't do it anymore. Um, as far as the Brian and Dave shows, like you said, it's just kind of it's really just throw it to Dave, and you know, I I really wish they would find they would find a way to do the Mike and Dave shows more often, because those are those are honestly so much more fun because. You know, whatever you think of Mike Sempervivi, he's way more passionate about a lot of the st- same stuff Dave is passionate about. Yeah, those, those shows were great. It's just kind of sad they can't make the schedules line up. Do they still? I, I feel like they don't even do that. Like even the once in a blue moon anymore. No, they no, they just kind of ended. Yeah. Um, but other than, I mean, I really would like to see hear Dave do some. Dave needs to find another person to occasionally do these shows with i mean dave is so much fun when he's so passionate and has someone to play off of that's also passionate about the same stuff and i almost feel like when i when i even when i now when i listen to these brian and dave shows it's just dave talking to himself yeah when dave makes a and he does make uh 
decent amount of appearances. He's been on Jim Ross's show. He's been on Steve Austin. I, I think MLW I Radio. Him, He's been on Jericho's show. I him, Austin. I heard him with Austin. That was a cool show. Yeah, he, he's always so much fun, kind of outside of that. When he's you know with a a guest who's really engaged, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, the Austin show I know is the show where where Steve got him to flat out admit the probably the worst kept secret in wrestling even then, when Steve asked him like you know. As far as like wrestling, what kind is WWE? I think I don't know what the question was or something. It was like something like is, you know, is WWE presenting something that you like? And Dave gave an answer that was something like, well, the kind of wrestling I like, you know, New Japan is presenting something far closer to the the kind of wrestling I like, or something. I'm I'm like butchering the exact wording, but he was very honest that you know the style and the way New Japan's presented is much more what he's into. Which, you know, again, shocking nobody. <laughs> There's some big controversy. Yeah. Oh, people, like, are you people, people watching these companies? People freaked out about it, right? I'm not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People are like, like, oh my god, like Dave. Dave you know, admitted how biased, biased he is. Japan. Dave admitted it finally. How biased he is. <laughs> and it's like, are you watching WWE? Like, what's good? Like, what what great matches has Dave blown off? Like. I mean, in favor of something from New Japan. The Twitter feed is hilarious, is hilarious, but you know, I mean, sometimes he goes way too hard and too long. I don't even say sometimes, often. And it's like, yeah, what, often. what the fuck is like? Why are you arguing with ten thousand WWE marks in your mentions? But, but yeah, I mean, and, and there's definitely stuff where I feel like he's in too much of a bubble to to get some stuff. Like where he, there was a thing. The, the thing I, I really disagree with him recently on was when he called New Japan crowds. Um, like discerning or like tough to please or like a tough crowd and it's like you know, I, I've I've been in New Japan crowds in the past two years unlike Dave and this is not a tough crowd these are people who are very who are like who are there to cheer for their favorites who are very ready to cheer like they are not people sitting on their hands like the, the modern WWE crowd is a much tougher crowd than the modern New Japan crowd in my opinion but I don't know I actually tried to uh, set up an interview with uh, Dave when my podcast turned 10 because he follows me on Twitter because I think he thinks I'm someone else. So I'm like, well, I'll ask. I DM'd him and I'm like, hey, you know, can we set something up? And I was only really short. You know, it can be very flexible. And he's just like, he did write back. He's like, maybe, but who knows what the schedule will be like. And I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. Usual cryptic Dave uh, tweet, and I couldn't couldn't get anything set up because I'm sure he has better things. Any moments of free time, I'm sure he would rather spend with his family and not uh, some goofball yeah. online. But I don't know. That was that was the one thing I disagreed with him very recently about. But I feel mm. like you know sometimes he's too much in the bubble, and there's probably also a case of talking too much to the young bucks because they kind of have trouble getting a reaction in Japan sometimes. Mm. But I don't know. I could be totally off base there. I mean, I can't speak to Japan, but they're doing apparently pretty fine everywhere else. So I imagine they're uh, they'll be okay. The, oh, the Bucks, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, their their problem is that they, I don't know. It's they're they're the junior tag, you know. I mean, it's never gonna get. Yep. And they're they're two white guys doing suck it in a junior tag match. It's never. It's not really their fault or anything, but but mm. yeah, I mean, it's a. Uh, it's an easy joke when it's like, well, why does Dave think <laughs> the New Japan crowd is so tough? He's been talking to the Young Bucks too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I don't know. I, I kind of wish Dave could just like, you know, I, I'm sure he just doesn't have the time, but he needs to go to Japan again. Because <laughs> he clearly loves this shit so much. Like, 
Go to Japan, Dave. You're you're on the West Coast. I, Just go. Go to go to the go yeah. to the dome. Go to G one. I think he's going to the Dome oh, this year. He's awesome. Okay. I think he's talked that's about really it. That's really cool, then. Because I, 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 all this time, it just feels like that's something he should, he should, you know. I mean, the, the guy's been covering this for how long? It seems he, he really loves, like, no one will ever argue that he doesn't love this product. So he should go there and experience it for himself in the crowd again. But, you know, he's obviously been in Japan during the, like, the Crush Girls era, um, you know. All those like I think he in the '80s used to go in the early '90s too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was there for uh, the Misawa Saruta match. Yeah. So I don't. It's not going to get a lot better than that from a live experience. Yeah. Maybe he figured. Yeah, may, maybe that's about. But I mean, I, I don't. I, yeah. I think if he goes to Dome, he'll have a great time. I'm sure. I mean, I can't imagine he he wouldn't. Yeah. So, um, but I'm I'm really happy to hear that. If that's if that's the case. But yeah, so the Observer, um, overall, I don't know. It's. It's a very mixed bag now. Is that is that fair? The figure four. Yeah, I think that's fair. It, it's fallen off from where it was when you and I first were listening. I think. I mean, I was back when the site first started. I was actually I talked Brian into having me on as a guest on Figure Four Daily. Those were my first podcasts, and I had that, that kind of made me want to do my own. And you know, I don't think that would be the case if I you started listening right now. Right. Um. But, so that's the that's the big profession. Is there any other professional ones you you listen to, or I don't even know what else? <laughs> I think that's about it. What else is out I mean, there yeah. beyond the torch? I know I'm sure other sites do something like what? Isn't that like between or well, not between the sheets? That it's um the yeah the, the uh, wrestling yeah, sheet. The guy. Yeah, he, he does a podcast. I think he he does something. I've never, yeah, listened. I've never listened to it either, but I guess that would qualify as well. Um. But yeah, so that's the professional. So now we can move on to fans. So a fan pod, there's a lot of fan podcasts, obviously, a lot very on this very network, the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Um, so what, just before we toot our own horns, um, what do you? What are some other fan podcasts you listen to other than Voices of Wrestling? I do. Uh, let's see. Between the Sheets is a normal Monday listening. I'm a big fan of. Uh... Through the years, uh, the kind of Ring of Honor history podcast. Uh, on that, I do a lot of um, the 605 show, just uh, a lot, you know, some of the pro wrestling only ones. A lot, like the easily fan ones dominate my, my so listening. What, what is it about the fan podcast you listen to that are that appeal to you and are, have made them dominate your listening? Uh, it's the, well, the honesty, for one, you know, if you. Ask Joe Lanza's thoughts. He's not going to sugarcoat it, and that's he's going to tell you Jinder Mahal fucking sucks. Yeah, he'll he'll go off on that, and I think a, a lot of fans care more about wrestling than the wrestlers do. That sense of history, yeah. you know, so, so the research they do, you know, some because well, I, wrestlers... I have a theory on this, and I want to see what you think. Mm-hmm. As as we've hit a point in America now, where the you know where the people in charge. Clearly, don't give a shit about week to week continuity uh, or continuity. Um, they clearly don't give a shit about continuity. They clearly don't give a shit beyond you know it's wrestling. These marks are going to tune in anyway, which has always been the way it's been to a degree. But so maybe what I'm saying is more like that's just how it always is. But the point though is like it, it's it's almost like it's up to the fans in North America to to carry to carry on any kind of ideal of like taking wrestling seriously and that sounds incredibly pretentious but like i don't doubt for one second that most fans 
remember what happened on Monday Night Raw five years ago a hell of a lot better than Vince McMahon. And that's not even a, totally a, sl- a, a shot on Vince, you know, or a lot of other wrestlers. They just, they just have better things to do with their lives. But it almost feels like it's down to uh, it's down to fans to carry on a certain um, a certain feeling about North American wrestling. I don't know. I could be completely off here. No, I, th- I think that's true. I don't think you know, Vince isn't pondering about the territories back in the day, kind of old school wrestling like that. Like fan- fans care. Fans are the ones that. Especially as wrestlers uh, pass on, it's the the longtime fans that kind of keep these stories going. The fan, I mean, the the level of commitment by fans to 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 something that kind of can kick the, kick your ass for giving a shit about it is is mm. sometimes amazing. But maybe that's beyond even the topic. Um, but yeah, so fan, when you hear a really good fan podcast. What are they doing right? Like, it, like let's pretend you're, you're going to give a lesson to pod, like amateur podcasters out there. People who want to host a podcast. First of all, what 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 would your first piece of advice be? Uh, try to find something different to talk okay. about, which can be very That's very hard. Exactly because... <laughs> what I thought you were going to say. I'm glad you. I'm glad. I, I'm glad I was right about this. Because this, when I started this show, I did this show because. I didn't know any, there was nothing else like it, as far as I could tell. Like where they had the rotating guests every single week. I maybe something like that exists already, but I never heard one. So no, like you can come out and say, "Well, I'm going to talk about Ron SmackDown every week," and that's great, and you may be good at it. But keep in mind, it's going to be awfully hard to make any kind of headway. And as far as listenership goes, because there are people who already do this, and people who are professionals who yeah. do this. And it's their job to do so. So hopefully I find something, you know, like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll learn something. Maybe or someone's looking at something from a different way, something different. So, you, so like, find a niche is a, is a great mm-hmm. advice because, you know, like I said, when I started this, I didn't th- see anything else like it. When I started Open the Voice Gate, there was only, like, one other Dragon Gate podcast going on, which I thought was, you know very undercovered and we end up merging with them anyway so now we're the only dragon gate podcast mm. um but yeah i don't like if your niche is raw and smackdown it's okay to talk about current wwe but like you need to do it in a way that's gonna stand out like there's the cool a cool example have you ever heard of the fire pro podcast that yes. was one i listened to for a while i actually haven't kept up with it but when they started doing it they would talk about current WWE, but then they would also, like, they were doing, like, reviews of, like, I think WCW in the in 2000 or something, and that's what caught my eye and got me to listen. So they got me to stay for the current WWE talk that I really don't care about and you could get a million other places because they had this other hook that no one, that very few other people were doing that, you know, got me to listen. So I feel like that's important. You need a hook. You need something that... You can like just talking, like you said, just talking about Raw and SmackDown every week. That's not a hook. Although I guess you're, you have less competition than ever with, with with a lot of people giving it up. But I don't know. Maybe ten years from now that'll be a hook. You'll be a lot. You'll yeah, be, you'll, be you'll the be rare the thing. Person talking Raw and SmackDown. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm not so so I'm not going to listen to a podcast like oh you know, let's talk about Raw and SmackDown. But if I see a guy doing, let's talk about let's bury WWE ECW. That's a that's an idea I haven't seen, so maybe I'll check that out. Mm-hmm. So you know, try something different. That's a that's great advice. Um, what other advice would you give? 
I would say just try to make having fun be your top priority because there are so many wrestling podcasts. It's so oversaturated a market. If you try something new, even if you have a niche, it's going to be hard to really make headway. So don't get too caught up on listeners. Don't get too caught up. You know, if you have a couple of devoted listeners, appreciate that. And most of all, make sure you have fun. Because if you're not having fun, I don't know what you're doing. I always had so much fun. And I have a lot of fun doing podcasts, which is why I continue to do yeah. them. I mean, if, you, if you're not having fun and you're not getting paid, what the fuck are you doing? It's basically yeah. always the question. That's a good question in life in general. Um, and, you know, if, you're, if you are having fun, that'll come across to the listener and that'll be a reason why people continue listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, without naming names, um, obviously there's some less than good fan podcasts. If you, you could, if, 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 unless you think it's this one, then you can name that name. But any other, <laughs> without naming other names, what are they doing wrong? Like, what are wrestling podcasts that are not, that, that you listen to once and never listen to again? What are these fans doing incorrectly? I think sometimes, uh, often having an irregular schedule can be a killer. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that. Because sometimes, crazy. like, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> well, you know, when you, um, and, and, you know, stuff comes up. Yeah. You know, life life happens. But if you if you say, like, hey, we're going to be weekly, and then you disappear for a month, and you're like, no, we'll, we'll stick to being monthly, and then you know, like you're gone for six months, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt your, your podcast. At least, hey, I mean, you can... If you just say, hey, we're going to put out shows whenever we can put out shows, at least be upfront about it and do your best to hype it up. It's not an optimal situation, but that's how things are sometimes. That's why you know, I had the five-star match game. I say, hey, this is going to be a bi-monthly show because it's a bit of work to you know write up a full show and track down two people to be on and schedule it. So I don't want to you know, make expectations too high, and I don't want to also kind of burn the show out uh, you know, trying to think of different topics. Yeah. Um. Is there anything else, like, in the actual content of the show? As far as I mean, you know, if if it's just bland, if it's just, like, if you get too in-jokey with you and your friends and listeners don't know what you're talking about. Because I, I worry about that often on VoiceGate, again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes, yeah, I mean, everyone kind of does. If you've had guests on several times, maybe you make a yeah. comment and someone's listening for the first time, they don't know what you're talking about. Wait and a second. That can be a bit alienating. It might be, it might be alienating, and this is... Just a, a total hypothetical that you just made me think of. If you're trying to start a podcast on video games, to do it about two failed websites that have to do it nothing to do with video games, that'd be a weird one to do for your first podcast. That would be odd if that ever that'd happened. Be pretty weird. Um, but yeah, the like just too many in jokes. I've noticed that that too with some fan podcasts, and something I've been I've tried to guard myself against, but not always successfully. Um, bland is definitely a big one. There's, there's some people. Maybe this goes back to the having fun thing. There's some people when they're talking about wrestling. Like I can be a little overly emotive, probably. But there's some people that talk about wrestling on podcasts like this. They talk like this. Like it sounds like. Do you do you enjoy what you're talking about? Are you <laughs> are you having a good time doing this? Is, is someone have you as their prisoner and told you that you have to record a pro wrestling podcast if you want food? Because that's what it sounds like a few a few of these podcasts I've listened to, again without naming names. But if if you don't sound excited to listen, I'm or, or to record it, I'm sure not going to be excited to listen every week. So yeah, when you were talking about the WWE making their employees work on Christmas and uh, New Year's Day, I didn't think like, well, John's not really feeling this topic <laughs> here. 
<laughs> I, He's just going through the motions yeah, here. Yeah, I get, I get, I get pretty fired up about a lot of stuff, but yeah, that that one yeah. I got really fired up about. But I, hey, better fired up than just you know going uh, droning Again, on. Yeah, no, there there probably is a such a thing as too screamy, which I I should guard against. I've heard that I've heard that mm. too, and I can I can probably be a little screamy. Mm. Um, I mean, like you said, like just being bad is probably the worst. Just having bad content, like you don't have new opinions, you're. Yeah, you know, you're just regurgitating what you heard. It just it's just not interesting. Well, regurgitating what you, it's probably the worst regurgitating thing. Regurgitating what you heard—that's a good top one to bring up because I've heard some podcasts where it sounds like, um, and this is this is going back way further, but it sounds like people were just talking like, basically just saying like, "Here's what I read in the Observer," which is like, I I, yeah. I read the Observer. I don't I don't need you to tell me what's in this week's Observer. That's okay. And it's okay to like you know if you just. If you're obviously if you're just you're stating a, a news story that was covering the Observer and then giving your thoughts on it, that's one thing. But I mean, people like literally like regurgitating what Dave Meltzer thinks about this and this and this. It's like, well, I know what Dave Meltzer thinks. I can go listen or read what Dave Meltzer thinks. I don't need to hear Dave Meltzer as performed by some guy, which I feel like that. I feel like that was more of a problem like ten years ago than it is now, though. But yeah, it's not as as bad as it yeah. used to be. Um. Let me think. Any other weaknesses? What else bothers you about fan podcasts? Anything else? Uh, I mean, do your best to have, like, you know, you have to be a professional recording studio, but at least make it listenable. Yeah, I, I've, I've struggled with that one. And, and that's tough, because I'm probably bad as anyone about that. I do I do my best, but... Uh, it's tough. I, I definitely, you know, hopefully this is listenable. We'll see. You know, that's, pro- that's part of the problem, though. When you're, when you're doing audio quality stuff, it's like there's some things you don't know until you get there like the the jr episode like when he and i were talking on about ring of honor a couple weeks ago there was no there was no lag or there was no like sync problem it wasn't until i got until like an hour and a half into the episode listening back i'm like oh suddenly there's a sync problem (laughs) so you just you know technology is weird but you know obviously try your best yeah this experiment with things you know that kind of thing i mean if you think about you know it's pretty incredible that you, you, you know what you and I are doing. I'm just sitting in my living room right now, and we're going to be on the same platform as a, a Steve Austin or you know a Jim Ross or any big name podcast. It's kind of the kind of one of the ultimate parts of podcasting is as a bit of a meritocracy. Like you know if if you and I tried to you know make a television show with what's in our bank account, I don't think it would look terribly no. good, and we wouldn't have a way to distribute it. But you know with a podcast, you know get microphone, you know if it sounds okay, and you have the platform that anyone else yeah. has. So let's talk about the Voice of Wrestling Network. Um, you, All of right. course, decided to be a part of the Voice of Wrestling Network, just like I did. The Obviously, just it's a great platform. You get a lot of listeners that way. Is there any other reason why you picked the Voice of Wrestling Network? Like, what else might have attracted you to it? Yeah, it's, it's the... Uh, yeah, I always did... Um my old Joe versus world podcast. I was on a the Cubs fan network who does uh, the Lucha blog. And with what I kind of thought the idea for the, you know, the, the game show aspect, I thought, yeah, I'd like to, I think voices of wrestling would be a good place to be. I'd have a good talent pool to draw guests from. It's a good, you know, I, I knew everyone. Everyone's pretty cool. So I just kind of, I, you know, I asked and, uh, Joe and Rich agreed. Is so the, to me, one of the cool things about it and, you know, this is, People can agree or disagree, but like, it's very open to covering all sorts of wrestling, which not every network is going to be like that. There's very few networks where you're going to have, you know, a podcast about Dragon Gate, a podcast about New Japan, a podcast about Lucha Underground, 
um, you know, some other general podcasts, a podcast about British wrestling. Just it's very much like if you want to cover it and it's wrestling and we don't already cover it, come on, guys. Or like Burning Spirits is another great one where it's like we just want to cover all these Japanese indies and it's like have fun. So that's a very cool thing about the network is the diversity of of just wrestling that we cover here. Yeah, every show just seems to be different, and I can kind of, I'm not, you know, if you tell me a show, I'm not like, oh, what does that one do, or who's on that one, what's that one like, I can tell, you know, we have shows dedicated to, you know, British wrestling, like you said, and Dragon Gate, and New Japan, and freaking Lucha Underground, <laughs> <laughs> all shows gets its own. That one's incredible, uh, God bless them, but, you know, Lucha Underground is not, not the first mm. thing I started a podcast about, but, you know. I mean, it was hot there for a little while. I always joke, like, the Ring of Honor, the the, 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 the quote-unquote, like, casual hardcore now. Like, when you're in line for these Ring of Honor shows now, a lot of them talk about Lucha Underground. So, it was it was popular for a little while. It, it was something yeah. for, I mean, it was never, it, it had the buzz that, that kind of went yeah. away. But it was never, you know, a humongous show. It was always... You know, we always say, hey, you know, don't be like WWE, and they certainly were not, so I give them credit for that. They lean too hard into some some bad uh, creative decisions, which, but, you I've, know, I've, it's, you have to wonder what their ceiling was yeah, to begin I've with. I've literally never watched it, so I can't really say anything about it. I, I actually watch it, you know, every Wednesday night. I kind of make time for Lucha Underground and NXT. It's kind of my my TV night where it's I... Uh, one week, it's your last week, the last bastion of weekly North American wrestling. Yeah, I watch that, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much. I still watch Two Hundred Five Live for some inexplicable reason. I'm like, I feel like I'm literally the only person on the planet, especially with Corey Graves no longer being the color commentator. I may be the. Uh, it, it was me and him for a while, and that was just me. It's interesting because, I, yeah, like that's another show, and obviously you see people talk about NXT in the timeline. I don't really see anyone talk about Lucha Underground in the timeline. I definitely don't see anyone talking about Two Hundred Five Live in the timeline. But, no, because what's there to talk yeah, about? Like, oh, yeah, a, another match with some rest holds in front of a half-empty crowd. Yeah. Yeah, it's always. It feels like it's a roster of ten people yeah. in front of crowds that could not give less of a if, shit. If it's if like some weird experiment. Been, it's very. I, I don't know. It's very weird. Like, um, it reminds me to a degree of the ECW back in the day when the, with, with taping on SmackDown because, like, I mm. was I was actually there for the very first one. I believe it was in Toronto, oh, wow. New Jersey, and like, um, you know, the the crowd didn't really like like that should have been that was the moment I, I, I back then I knew it was going to fail because the crowd you know I had just gone to one night stand so I'd gone to one night the second one I didn't go to, I didn't go to the first one unfortunately but I just gone to one night stand two thousand six you know been there for this this crowd going crazy you know if you're in if you if you had just gone to that building you'd be like wow ECW is the hottest thing on the planet then you get to this this building. And no one gave a single shit about watching this ECW show. Like, they were clearly there for SmackDown. They had no clue what was going on at this ECW shit. No one, like, I obviously, you know, there were another handful of people like me who, who, who sort of cared. But no one cared on the grand scale of things. And I feel like that's what 205 Live reminds me of. It's like, there's a crowd of people here to watch SmackDown. And no one gives a shit about this thing. At least for two, with 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 uh, ECW, it was before SmackDown, so you'd have a little more of the crowd there. Whereas here, like doing it after SmackDown, it's like, oh my god, you know, like half the people are just gonna fucking leave. 
Yeah, I remember I was in ECW taping in 06. I remember it was early on in the punk run, so he was on that. I think that was after a SmackDown. Maybe maybe they should, then, maybe the first one was before and they changed it, or I'm just or maybe remembering it completely wrong. It's fair, either one is yeah. possible. But um, I mean, I, 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 you know, the only thing I strongly remember about that show was, of course, you can probably guess, the zombie. <laughs> the only, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. When that the fucking zombie staggered out, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, just RVD did not get the reaction you would expect of. A man who just beat John Cena for the WWE title. That, that's I definitely remember mm. that too. But, um, but yeah, that was either way though, before or after, not a good idea to tape another show. You know, I, go go watch those Thunders after that they were taped after Nitro. I mean, obviously WWE was fucking dying too, which didn't help. But like, yeah, but at least those Thunders had like star power on them. This this is such a marginalized brand where you've pretty much literally told everyone these guys don't matter. And then, hey, you know, you saw all the big stars stick around for an hour. Yeah. Or, you know, go home and beat the traffic. It's up to you. It's it's very similar to, um, to, to like, the, to, like, to ECW. By the time they beat everybody down, they made it clear that, yeah. you know, it did not matter. Um, now, I, I gotta, this, sorry to get off topic here, We're but I'm just. off topic, so go ahead. We, we are indeed, but, you know, I see some, I see a character's hour on, um. 205 Live. I'm just wondering, like, I was curious about what wrestlers earn. I know it's none of my business, but I just wonder if he's doing better than he would be in Dragon Gate. I don't know if you have any insight. Um, he, he sure. So I don't know. What what are WWE downsides like nowadays? I have no idea. I mean, I don't know what it's like for, I mean, you've t- the British guy has apparently signed some yeah, very, very, very tiny. I very, oh, so I don't know if the 205. Um, I mean, like, okay. There, there was somebody I know that left WWE because they were making like a shockingly little amount of money. Maybe it was Beretta, but like he, mm. he just was talking about how much money he actually made after after like taxes and road expenses and hotel and all sort of shit. And it was like you know, like it was like not that much more than a lot of people I feel like listening to this probably make. Um, as far as what Tozawa made in Dragon Gate. I don't know. Is really what he made? I know it was an, it was enough to be comfortable. I know that mm. like must I? It's not like anybody's getting like super rich, but like Masato Yoshino, who is probably like a slight level above Tozawa, but Tozawa worked plenty of main events too. And you know they're they're I guess they're getting paid a flat salary now. That I think about it because that's how things are done in Japan. But like Yoshino owns a very very fancy some very fancy very fast cars, so. Clearly, Dragon Gate must be paying him something if he can do that. And I think he has mm. some land too, though. Like, I think he's like a landlord. But, um, mm. but yeah, I mean, there, there's no nobody in Dragon Gate other than probably, I guess the young guys are really going poor because they they they, they, right. they draw some big houses, they sell plenty of merch. Um, you know, they like the reason why they, they did the Dragon Gate split in the first place is because they realized how much money the fucking Toriyama was making. And they were still basically sleeping in these in dorms, you know, above the school, <laughs> and weren't getting paid anything. And they were like, "Wait a second, why is why is Ultimate Dragon pocketing all this money when he's not even on the shows half the time? He's certainly not the draw." So, but yeah, I mean, um, so they they must be making something. But what what like what an exact salary is? I couldn't tell you. So Zawa is probably if I had to guess, he's probably making a bit more than he made in in Dragon Gate, but he's not really, he's, given how, how much WWE Pay is tied to, like, where you're, like, Nakamura's probably doing, you know, a lot better, so he's doing main events and stuff, 
Whereas Tozawa, I don't. He's probably making a little, a bit more, but I don't. I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was only if it was like the money wasn't at least comparable. So I don't know. <laughs> All right, I would just hate to think he's, you know, making. I really less doubt. There's, there's what no he's way doing he's now. Less, but right. he's probably. I, I would bet you he's not making as much more as people think, and the fact that they they I know for a fact that they wanted more than just him from Dragon Gate, and he was the only one who went. So <laughs> the, the, whatever they were offering clearly wasn't enough money to get anyone else other than, um, you know, a guy who already was very um, smitten with America from his time here. And America, he loved, he lo- I mean, you know, Jay told me, you know who Jay is, right? The Dragon Gate. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. So he, he flat out, well, for the listener, the, the guy who runs I Heart DJ, he flat out told me basically like Tozawa, what he wants to do is hang out around Americans. And he was very miserable by the end of his Dragon Gate run because there were no more Americans around. You know, Tozawa, Ricochet was gone. Uha was gone. You know, just all of his American buddies were gone. So, you know, I mean, I can tell you firsthand, he loves hanging out with foreigners because he, after not in this past trip but the 2016 trip after the Kurikan show like he wandered into the the TGI Fridays next to Kurikan where like the the whole Japanese wrestling group had a table and he just like hung out with us there for like an hour and a half so he wow. loves he loves hanging out with foreigners cool he's one of the things mm. he likes so basically what I'm trying to say here is it's not it wouldn't surprise me basically that WWE probably didn't need to give him a huge race to get him to go Probably just a, a slight rate is probably enough. Oh, that's yeah. good. Um, I would just hate to think he's miserable I, I, yeah, right I really now, but it I sounds like... Miserable. I think he's probably enjoying being around, you know. He's with his buddy Uha, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's miserable. I mean, there mm. he had his issues in Dragon Gate too throughout the entire run. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like this is a guy who... Uh, I'm not saying he, he didn't hate Dragon Gate or anything, but like... It was not always kumbaya there either, so. Yeah. Um, okay, but back to podcast. Anyway, back to podcast. <laughs> um, what else can we talk about with podcasts? What else do we have? Because we, I think we've gone through most of the topics that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of wondering whether the, you know, it just keeps expanding. <laughs> More podcasts every day, at least from wrestling personalities. I just don't know. You know, when's it going to end? So the, I, I guess when the money the, runs out. So, what, like, like, here's a good one. What, how has like the, what do you think of like you? Obviously, you've been listening forever, hosting forever. How has things changed? How have things changed with wrestling podcasts like the past like, fifteen years? Like, what are some changes you can think of? Well, it's certainly more professionals getting involved, which I'm meaning, current and former wrestlers, and you can understand why. It's a pretty easy paycheck. It's not manual labor. You just kind of. Get a setup. You don't even have to, you know, a lot of these people have producers and whatnot to help them out. Just show up and talk. Churn out a show, and it's a pretty easy paycheck. It keeps your name out there. It's a good way to push your whatever endeavor you have, like a book. I know Jericho would play his band songs uh, when a new one came out. It's a pretty easy way to get that exposure and keep your name out there. And I guess just kind of the way it's kind of evolved from a very fringe thing to, you know, such a accepted part of a medium of entertainment you know like it almost feels like you know if you have a you know, any kind of big website has to have some kind of accompanying podcast to go along with it yeah it's, it's very much become uh you know it's a it's a it's an internet thing basically um mm-hmm. so but like with fan podcasts i guess though as what do you, have you noticed any big changes uh they feel longer to I, me now 
Oh yeah, there's certainly. I mean, the longevity we is certainly. We talked about that at the start, but they feel longer to me. Yeah, when you started the idea of doing a five-hour podcast, even with the the PPH, you know, that was kind of kind of like the only podcast there was. So you didn't mind it being long because that was all there was to listen yeah. to. But with so much so much content out there, you know, it's got you know, and people can you know, some people can't support that long a podcast. Some people can. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think if I noticed anything different in the past. I mean, I feel like obviously since it's easier to watch more stuff, you know, people there's a lot more like varied topics out there, which makes sense. Like as wrestling has changed, obviously podcasts have changed too. You know, even 15 years ago, you weren't going to get a Dragon Gate specific podcast. We're going to get a podcast about British wrestling. Um, but then there's a whole there's yeah, it's a lot more it's a lot more niche now. You can address certain you know certain aspects of wrestling like you know british wrestling which really wasn't a thing when when podcasts first really came into into popularity but yeah it used to be a lot more general yeah you'd either talk about current stuff or maybe some old I stuff feel like there's more and that would be about it stuff now too there's more of the retro yeah i think there's a lot more has become available via youtube the network a lot more you know you don't have to pay 10 bucks for an old tape of episodes of you know mid-south or something like that it's a lot more available to everyone which makes it a lot easier to yeah. talk about um so yeah most of that stuff is just macro wrestling you know changes um yeah but i don't know if there's anything specific to podcasts other than that um as far as the voices of wrestling network which you're talking about you know um I don't want to put you on the spot and be like, which ones do you listen to? You've already admitted to listening to Omikaze, which I, I appreciate. I didn't realize that. I, I was wondering like how many people have listened to every episode because our art to give the the listener a peek behind the curtain, our numbers fluctuate a lot. Um, more than way more than open the voice gate or way more than the open the voice gate numbers fluctuate. And I kind of expected that going in. I figured, you know, people more certain people are going to be like okay well i'm into this topic um i'm not into this topic because we don't really have a central topic we more have just the idea of different topics and different guests or you know i know this person i don't know this person this sounds cool this doesn't sound cool so i thought people pick and choose more but it's cool that you know i'm sure we do have regular listeners too so that's kind of cool um do you have any feedback from me there's a cool there's an answer then you could be as honest as you want or not no, I I like your show a lot. The, I don't listen to a lot of Open the Voice Gate just because I'm always so far behind on Dragon Gate. It's that and Burning Spirits I have the same problem because they seem to watch these shows the day they yeah. happen. And I don't want to listen and get spoilers or, you know, hear someone else's thoughts Burning, on Burning it. Burning Spirits so. always behind because the same, the same thing yeah. happens to me where, like, I, I do listen to their show, but I li- a lot of times I listen to it, like, a month later. Like, unless yeah. it's a show that I watched live or a show that I watched right away, like, I'll I'll wait until I've listened to the show, and then I'll go back and listen to their thoughts. I mean, sometimes it takes me forever to get around to a show, and then it's like, oh, do I go back and listen to that podcast yeah. when they're on the next one, or, the, I'm, you know, there's 10,000 other ones to listen yeah. to? Those are the ones really tied into things I like to watch but can't really keep up on. Yeah, I mean... That's always the, a challenge. Voice gate, it's, it's a challenge just to get everybody together and record it, and... We can only do, we only do it based on how much Dragon Gate content there is too, which you know Dragon Gate can go like weeks without anything televised at all. So, which is a, yeah, but something like has been a huge rush yeah, recently. Yeah, a lot. Which we, everyone's like going nuts about it. So I gotta record this weekend probably. But 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, the voice, the open the voice gate. That's you know totally different show. But I don't know if you have any thoughts on Omakaze as a. I am a Padawan here. At your... I feel like the the vet being asked to watch yeah. someone's match, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> "Good work, kid." You know, work on the selling. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's, you know, it's uh, long shows. But I always, I'm never like, "Oh, is this over yet?" Like I I can be with some long shows. So I don't know. I like it a lot. I like. I pretty much listen to everything on the on the network, other than the ones you mentioned. The the ones I specifically mentioned only because I just I'm not around to I'm not up on what they're uh, watching yeah. yet. I mean, I'm not afraid of Brene Bridges, so I'll be honest. I listen to, I listen to the flagship. Um, God, what I, I listen to when I remember to watch British wrestling, I listen to the Brit Rise Roundtable. But it's not like I basically end up listening like once a year because I don't watch a lot of British wrestling. Um, I'm kind of the same way. That's when I can kind of like, well, I don't, I won't know what they're yeah. talking about. But yeah, I listened to today's because we talked about the Big Progress show, and I Pure, enjoyed it quite a bit. Pure so cast, I don't really catch that often, but. I, the, the PuroCast has an issue where they – it's a little weird that, like – I mean, I, I, don't, I don't mean to say, like um, – basically, like, Voice of Wrestling to me is our New Japan podcast. I mean, they're going to cover all the New Japan stuff, so I don't know. I, feel, I almost feel like if I listen to the PuroCast, I'm getting it twice, so that's why I don't I, – that's the main reason why I don't listen to it that often, but – I mean, I, kinda, I, I, I do listen to it when I'm, uh, when I'm on top of things, and I do enjoy it, but I can see. It's not like, you know, if that show didn't exist, we wouldn't hear anything about <laughs> no, it's Japan. Very, it's not exactly a niche product at this point, especially with our circle. In our no. Um, no, but they, I mean, they do, they do a, a, a really fine job. It's, you know, I, I appreciate enjoyable that one of them, I can't remember which one, like actually goes to Japan, which I feel like, you know, I'm not, not to sound super elitist, but... If you do go to Japan and see the shows in Japan, I feel like you do get a different level of understanding, which is, you know, obviously not everybody can afford that. So I totally, I, <laughs> I sure totally can. get it. But if you can't afford it and you are able to do it, you should do it because it, it will, I, I'm not, it, it will give you a different level of understanding of what New Japan is like just to be there and experience it. And, and it's fun as hell. I, hate to, like, I can't stress that enough. Um, but you know, obviously, there's well-worn territory here. Me telling people to go to Japan. Um, oh God, I'm, I feel like I'm forgetting one of our podcasts. The flagship is great. Um, I am not gonna not gonna be one of these people who, you know, I'm, I I hope no one's like waiting for me to re- secretly reveal like, oh, I hate the flagship. You know, I, I listen to it almost every week, and it's almost always one of my favorite lessons. I talked about it on the on the JR episode. For some reason, I really love it when they just bury shit that I love. I don't, I don't really know. I can't explain why, <laughs> but I really like listening to them like just trash Hikaru Sato or like Ken Oka or these other like I, I don't know. I get a, I get a weird kick out of it. But maybe it's just almost like these are topics that not that many people talk about anyway. So even them just trashing it is just cool to hear. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a, maybe I'm just a yeah. Person. I mean. <laughs> they're kind of the triumph of you know just talking about you know raw and smackdown and just kind of current events but being supremely entertaining yeah, I, at doing I it cause... i don't really i mean like I, not that i i don't usually skip it but like i i could deal without the, i could definitely do without WWE talk on there i mean they 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 do they are entertaining when they bury it but i don't know a lot of times it's just like yep this sucks we know it sucks anyway <laughs> but yeah it's just kind of the, the yeah. nature of the beast when you have a big podcast yeah, I, like I mean, that I, I remember the first time oh, no, oh, go, go, ahead. go ahead 
I was going to say the first time I remember I listened to the show because uh, Mookie was on. And I was like, all right, Mookie, I'll listen to this. I'm like, I don't care about these other two yetzes. But uh, but no, they certainly uh, they kept persevering and uh, grew quite a little empire. It's it's very um yeah, but like I, I was going to say, I totally get why they do it. I don't want to sound like I don't understand why they're covering WWE. I'm sure you need to to maintain a certain level of uh, listenership. But the episodes where they just ne- don't talk any WWE, and it's like just New Japan, and then bouncing around Japan, those are always my favorites. So I feel like I'm sure that's the way for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I but yeah, the, the flagship is great. Um, you know, it's the one. It's the reason why we're all here. So, um, am I, oh, I'm, music of the mat. Music of the mat is fantastic. That's a, yeah, that that's one of those. It's not only an excellent niche concept, yeah. but it's expertly like we, produced. We, like basically everything we, every piece of advice we gave before they followed. It's the best produced show on here. It's a great idea for a. Po- it's one of those ideas for podcasts that like you you hear the idea and you're like, first of all, I can't believe no one ever did this before. Second of all, once like I never would have thought of this, but now that someone's doing it, it seems so fucking obvious. You know, yeah, those are the yeah. best ideas. So great, I, kudos to them, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad yeah. that uh, you know, that they're ba- they're back together again now too. Since yeah, uh, and they're, I mean, they're really experts too. They'll say, oh, this WWE theme used a riff from <laughs> this song, just inverted, and then they'll play it, and you're like, oh yeah, it did. And they, you know, they're aware of this and kind of understand the the that and studio techniques yeah. and all that. Um, so that's music of the map. They're fan- a fantastic show. Can't recommend them enough. Um, the I, I still think one of one of my all time favorite moments to tell a personal story. Do you remember the first time they did? Um, so they did like a, a, a shuffle, you know, like a theme shuffle. Yes. And the very mm-hmm. first one that comes up um, was Muhammad Hassan's theme. For some reason, my best friend during that when we were both watching WWE during that run, he was obsessed with that Muhammad Hassan theme. Like he would just be sitting in the car with me alone, and he would suddenly just go into the into the chanting at the start, which in hindsight is a little <laughs> problematic probably to have a white guy doing that. But mm. it was funny at the time. So no, nobody yelled at me. It was 2005, different time. Um, but so when that came on, when like they, they do the shuffle, like, Oh, the first ever shuffle, they hit shuffle. And the very first sound is that guy is, you know, the Muslim, sh- the Islamic <laughs> chanting. I almost cried with laughter. And that's one of those things where it's like, without my personal story, it's not quite as funny. But obviously, I played that back for him, and you know, we he, we had a very good laugh about it. Um, but yeah, music of the mat, great show. Um, there's there's even more about Wrestlenomics Radio. Um, can't say I listen to it that often. Sorry, guys. Uh, nope, I can say I do. You a very interesting. Yeah. Uh, if, if I was really kind of a business if I was approach. Really into, if I really cared about WWE, I probably would be more into it. But I don't know. That can be a bit of a hurdle to Which, <laughs> enjoyment yeah, of the also, show. Shake them ropes. Um, a podcast I always like when I listen to it. It's just it's I just listen to it like a few times a year, basically because it's just I they, all they talk about is WWE, and I just I don't want to hear people talk about WWE. So it's nothing yeah. to do with them. I think they're I think they're two of the best hosts on the entire website. But just you know how how much can you how much can you listen to WWE? Not not my tolerance for it is not that high. Um, oh, everything evolves. Good again. Two two awesome hosts. Just I don't watch evolve, so I can't. I listen to the first couple episodes, but like, you know, eventually, 
if you're not watching something, you don't really end up listening to the podcast about it. Shockingly. Yeah, I do, and I'm like, I mean, I don't watch Evolve all that much, but I I still listen because it's you know it, I kind of kind of follow, but yeah, it's like I'm not I'm not seeing these matches, and it doesn't really affect me. So. Um, oh God, is that? Did we finally get all of them? There's, I mean, there's a there's a, the sports show, uh, K and P, which I. Oh, the KMP show, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, if you don't like sports, the only, it's not the only sport. I mean, the only sports I really watch are the two that they never talk about. Really, I feel like hockey and baseball. So it feels like it's, it feels like mm-hmm. most times I look at the, I look at the. I mean, I don't even watch them that that, that often. But when I, whenever I like the, the only sports I pay attention to is a better way to put it: hockey and baseball. And like I don't know, they they feel like they never they always talk about football and basketball. So it's just never. You know, I'm sure they're good. I, I listened to like, oh god, there was one episode they did um, that I ended up listening to, but I don't even remember why or what it was about. So, but it was fine. It was a good show. Um, I guess what was did Lance Unplugged ever come out? I didn't hear it. If it did, it, it, uh, he did a couple episodes, but it has it's uh, disappeared back into the ether. And gone by the wayside for now. Yeah, I'm assuming it'll come back at some point, but. Um, and then, and then we also have like the random Garrett Kidney episodes that show up from time to time. That what he did on WECW was really cool. Yeah. That actually was, yeah. That was kind of. I wish yeah. he would do more. Um, that's our guest next week, actually. But yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. You'll never. You'll. You'll never. Oh, guess Richard... who the topic is. It's very, very difficult. Mm, Efe. No, <laughs> um, but yeah. Before we get into that. Is there anything else about podcasts we can talk about? I think we kind of covered it, huh? Is there anything you just want to talk about that has nothing to do with podcasts? I think we've we've covered right. it pretty extensively. Is it, what, what does Joe Gagne think about wrestling these days? Because I I used I loved your show, so like let's like what's changed for Joe Gagne about wrestling I, since Joe versus the World? Anything? Um, I don't think so. I'm still. I mean, you know, different things have come up. I watch different things. What is Joe Gagne? I mean, yeah, this is New Japan. I'm assuming. Oh, let's see. Oh, yeah, pretty hardcore New Japan guy. Uh, since like, honestly, I first started watching in like 2001. I want to say, yeah, it was Yuji Nagata. Yeah, it has been a long time. I remember I, I mentioned this. They used to have a uh, subscription service on the Nifty website. I think it was like ten bucks a month. They wouldn't air things live, but you could watch, you know, the big New Japan shows and all yeah, that. Yeah, I had no, I had no idea. Wow. They, my, my. Yeah, I remember. I mean, the shows were so bad. I ended up quitting pretty quickly and switching to the Noah one, where I saw it. Yeah, that was like five bucks a month. The quality, video quality, wasn't as good, but you know, saw it, that's how I saw a ton of Noah yeah, shows my, that way. I mean, I've talked about this before. My big exposure to Japanese wrestling in the early to mid aughts was being lucky enough to live next to one of these like Japanese. Like for Japanese expats, like rental stores. I don't know. Have you ever? Oh, the infamous Japanese uh, videotape stores. Yeah. Right. Okay. I've never seen. I've never been in one. You just hear people like, "Oh, I live next to them. Got all my FMW tapes there." It's like, damn. It was basically a small called Mitsuwa, which I don't know if I've ever mentioned before. It's like a. It was like a big Japanese mall. It was like maybe thirty or forty minutes from where I was living in Jersey at the time. So I would just drive up there once a month. I would just load up on first tapes but eventually they switched to dvdrs pretty quickly actually after i started watching so like like oh four oh five i guess but i just load up on them and you know take them home with me and watch them all but that was basically like my first regular way of watching i've seen a few a little bit here and there before that but 
Yeah, they 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 would tape everything. It was it was really cool. I mean, I don't I don't know how many people other than me were actually watching, but they would tape like they would tape everything from New Japan to All Japan to Noah to Toriumon, just everything to think of. So um, that was pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, like I, I think the very first New Japan sh- the very first New Japan match I ever saw it for like two thousand two, but I was not a regular viewer like you were. So it, yeah, I mean, I remember back in like ninety one, I think. They co-promoted a show with WCW, and they aired. I remember like a Steiner's match against uh, maybe yeah, Hase and Sasaki, maybe with them. And the, you know, they just aired this on TV. They're from the dome. It's like, wow, look at this. Looks pretty amazing. But you may as well, you know, it may as well be on the moon for all the. You, know, you knew how to like find out more about it. You know, you just. There's no. You know, it's like you know the the magazines would like hint at it, like, oh hey, kid, you remember Great Muda? He's back in Japan now. He's a tag <laughs> champ and. It's like, oh, okay, that's I mean, cool. You know, I feel like growing up, you were always kind of aware. Like, I, I grew up a little bit after you, but, like, in the 90s and stuff, like, mid to late 90s, you were always, even if you weren't, like, plugged in, you were always kind of aware that there was this Japanese wrestling thing going on. Just because, like, if you watched ECW, they had these Vinchinoku guys. If you watched WCW, they had Ultimo Dragon, and Mike today would be like, oh, Ultimo, he, he won these nine belts, the J-Crown. Uh, or ultimate, I should say. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he was originally ultimate dragon. ultimate dragon. And you know, WWF even had like you know had great Sasuke for like a half second and Taka and all that. So like it was always like you, you kind of knew that there was something going on in Japan, even if you didn't, even if you didn't yeah. follow like, newsletters or anything. So I remember there was like the after mags they would have some like this page of videotapes for sale and one of them was i think an all japan women's tape and it was titled i, I apologize for saying this but it was legitimately called slant eyed oh, slaughter geez. and it was and it, I was like, even now i'm like 10 i'm like you know this is the late 80s i'm like you can't do that that's not right Jesus. i guess someone thought that was a good yeah that, i'm not that even that kidding sounds racist for the late 80s even i know i'm like what do you oh yeah. ugh. God, I'm like, there's racism in wrestling. Oh, this yeah, can't be. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's stuff like me was out there, like especially in the '80s. You know, it was like, I, I guess yeah. this stuff's out there, but yeah. what are you gonna do? But and then obviously, once we got into the 2000s, there are all sorts of ways we came to watch it. Were you were you on the on the cusp too? Like when when Strong South Spirit started uh, started like having the full shows up because that felt like such a breakthrough to me. Yeah, I remember. Like, um, what, like, 06, 07? About yeah. there, yeah. That was, I mean, that I'm was making, like, I'm oh, I'm there's a chance to. Out of, out of thin air here, so I could be totally off, but I think that sounds right. Yeah, it does sound, I think, about right. But, yeah, I remember it was like, you know, YouTube and SendSpace became, uh, SendSpace, it was like everyone just going crazy sending. Yeah, ditch. Like, you know, old matches. You could just find, like, you know, the randomest ditch stuff, like Kazaa getting ditch stuff off there. Um, the yep. like, Death Valley Driver had, like, a big folder. You, you always had to, like, get oh, yeah. access to these folders, too. It like, wasn't just... Yep, it could just be yeah, anyone. It was cool, though. Um, the first, like, being on the cusp of being like, wow, I can watch, like, you know, here's some Universal from <laughs> the early 90s. Like let's watch, what great Delphin? <laughs> yeah, here's unmasked Yoshihiro Asai. Whatever happened to him? Yeah, stuff like that was just like. So that was a cool period where you're getting like new stuff and like you're seeing all this old stuff for the first time. I, it makes you wonder what kids are mm-hmm. like now going through it. Like, are there people discovering New Japan for the first time just going through the old New Japan world? There must be, you know. 
And you you would think, yeah. And I would really dive in and be like, wow, it's like a whole world. You know, I was like really – YouTube is another good one. I was really into the, this wrestler called The Bloody entirely because she had like a ton of stuff on YouTube at one point. And from – I think the promotion was JD Star. And just like all like all of her stuff was on YouTube for a little while before I guess it probably got taken down by now. And like, you know, she was just kind of like attractive, like normal-sized Japanese woman, just like completely no-selling. Everything other wrestlers would throw at her. Like she was this weird – like – she wrestled exactly like this huge monster heel, but she was this petite Japanese woman. It was very, it was something. But that was that's a wrestler that again I would never have come across. Probably it's not like JD Star is this big deal even historically. If it wasn't for no. if it wasn't for YouTube, <laughs> so you know it, it shapes what we end up watching, I guess. Yeah, all the weird. I make mean, you know stuff like seafood yeah. wrestling and all this kind of weird. Underground Is there anybody stuff. like that for you? Like someone who's not really that big of a historical figure, but you just happen to come across them on YouTube or some other thing, so you end up loving them? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I remember all the old Okinawa pro uh, guys. Yeah, I mean, like Osaka Pro, which was never the biggest company, decided to do a brand split. <laughs> and, uh... when Tai Dojo did a brand split? It was like ra- oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> somehow like worse, yeah. Get or something? I don't, I I could be cold, totally wrong, but like I just remember they were like, oh, we're gonna do yeah. Well, WWE did it, so we gotta do. It. It's like what the fuck are you people? Yeah, I don't know if we need kind <laughs> Tojo and uh, uh, never mind split, but yeah, all the Okinawa Pro, you know, they took a couple guys from uh, from Osaka, gave them new gimmicks, and he had no mongoose and uh, golden pineapple <laughs> and guys like that. Those shows were always fun. And that kind of that went the way of the oh, buffalo, I think. Uh, I forget the podcast. It's just an old old person <laughs> wrestling. Oh yeah, old um, person reminiscent uh, on uh, on wrestling. Yeah, the great aughts. Um, but Osaka Pro was always a weird one for me. Like I I could watch it here and there, but I never got that super into it. But it was cool. I met the guy who ran. Yeah, I was always pretty. Big oh, time you, into it. it was really just all, oh, yeah, it just, that's your that's your icon oh, yeah, on the Slack. It, yeah, that's my icon on the Slack chat. I met the guy who ran Osaka Hurricane. If you know that site, yeah. Oh yeah, he, I remember that. It was my ride to uh, to the Dragon Gate. Yeah, the Dragon, Dragon Gate invasion show there. in Buffalo. That's right. He's, uh, he's a cool dude. I never talked to him again after. So yeah, maybe, maybe he didn't like me, but <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> he's too busy catching up on yeah. the bodyguard matches or something. Know, is Osaka Hurricane still even around? I don't even know. No, because Osaka Pro's not, I mean, it's not really around. I'm pretty sure the the website, I mean, they run shows, but, you know, I mean, God forbid someone sneaks a video quarter yeah. in there or something. It's the one thing that doesn't make tape. Um, it's like, it's basically Gamma's promotion now, too, which is really weird, considering he ended up leaving mm. high and dry to go have this long career as Dragon Gate's resident spitter. But... Yeah, he, like, blinded a guy, and, uh, or he, some young guy had to retire in uh, Osaka Pro, because I think... Gamma kicked him in the eye or something by mistake. He got glaucoma or something. If I'm remembering right, so I always had kind of a sour uh, impression of him. That's that very, that very. Yeah, I, this may just be my no, vivid imagination. Sure, I don't probably. know. I think his name was Shu, like S H U. That's true. I just I wasn't a big Osaka Pro. Yeah. The time. Um, but yeah, Osaka Pro, cool, cool promote. I, I, I the, here's another little Osaka Pro personal story. I stole Vin Gerard's Osaka Pro hat at Shikara Show. Oh, wow. He like fell into my lap at a Shikara show when he was he had been wearing the hat, and the hat he just left the hat behind. I picked it up. I'm like, well, this is mine now. 
but I don't know where it, I don't know where it, I tried to get back to me, just kind of like walked away. So I was like, I, I like, I, oh, I, was like I guess I have an Osaka Pro hat, but I don't know what. Oh happened, man, unfortunately, it's somewhere in my ah. house probably. But yeah, yeah. It's, uh, the Osaka Pro hat. I'd wear that till it <laughs> fell apart. Let me tell you. Um, what else can we talk about from the arts? It was such a it was such a very. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like, it was a time when everybody kind of discovered that there was more to life than WWE. I think that was the exciting thing. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, that was. People, I mean, I remember I used to go on eBay for tapes and like the my really the first I started to dig in. I think it was All Japan Tag League. I think it was maybe '99. It was when uh, Vader and Stan yeah. Hansen were a team, and I remember just like be like, well, "This is all." pretty darn good and interesting and serious and this is because i remember you know wcw and ecw were kind of going down the the crapper there and it's like oh i have nothing i have no options left so even if it's nice to have options so, even if they so weren't terribly the, good at the you, time even then you, were, you didn't really want to watch like attitude era wwf um i mean i still liked it but i always liked having I, I didn't just want one flavor of ice cream. I always prefer to have at least something in the back of the freezer. Yeah, it's um, you just like to have an alternate, you know, like an alternate. It's true. I mean, like, yeah, I remember being around for like when WWE and ECW both died, and it did leave this feeling of like, okay, well, what now? Like, you don't want to just watch WWF, and you know, people people try to jump in on like, what the hell was that XWF or something? Where like uh, Hogan, oh WWA yeah, a million and, bogus and, startups. And, but finally. X- XWO, TNA yeah, yeah. the one that lasted forever, unfortunately, but yeah, still going on. Well, technically, technically, kind of. Well, yeah, but as far as the lineage goes, if, if all, the All Japan today, we still consider uh, back to uh, the Royal Road there. So I'll, I'll count GWF as the the ongoing corpse <laughs> of impact. Who knows how long it'll last? But we'll see. I'll live you you and me. I can. People really like losing money on professional wrestling, as they. yeah, I don't. I mean, it's it's you know, you hear stories back in the day of the territories. It's like, well, we booked a main event. We were down five thousand people, so we didn't do that anymore. It's like you know, there were consequences for what you did, and now with huge television rights deals, largely isn't you know with the network and. It doesn't I, matter what they put on I'm to a large a extent. Take out there, I feel like that's true Ooh. of society in general. Doesn't matter what you do mm. because you know the things that used to sink businesses, now everything's too big to fail. <laughs> yeah, we don't live in a we don't live in a country anymore. We just live in corporations. <laughs> mm. I mean. Yeah, yeah, on WWE, <laughs> that's certainly it's you know, that's undoubtedly uh, true. WWE. When, when did you stop watching WWE? Like, do you still watch the pay per views at least? I, I still watch the uh, you know I like I, I still watch the the okay. special events because you know, I, 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 this is probably the the saddest thing that'll ever be said. But you know, you're on Twitter with everyone, you're making jokes. It's kind of like uh, you know, totally hanging out with your it. buddies. I, mean, I've, you, I, I I've said this before. I've noticed that like watching just the Twitter feed to me is actually more entertaining most of the time than watching, especially watching Raw, and I think even a lot of the special events. But sometimes it does feel like, oh, well, I'm missing out on whatever everybody else is talking about. So I get it. Um, yeah, and that's fun. Is you know, just kick back for an evening and all that. I, I still watch NXT and the TakeOvers. I still, I, I just don't watch when, Raw when or SmackDown. It's just like... 
Oh man, Smackdown I, you know, was even two thousand seven, I think. <laughs> like it's a long yeah, it's for a long time. You know, it was just having them on. You know, as background noise, and not like, you know, there's a time it would be super invested and be like, you know, got to pay full attention. It turned into background noise, and then it's just like, I'll watch something else, yeah. or I'll just go to bed. You know, I'm not missing yeah. anything here. I can get, you know, you know, in the early days of Raw, if you missed an episode, it's like, shit, I missed an episode, yeah. I'll never know what happened. And that's certainly not the case now, where you'll hear about it, you know, in full detail the next morning, enough to where you're fully caught up, or, you know, so the great happenings on the network in a month. You just watch it then, or you can find your own means to to track it down. You have those options. Yeah, I mean, it's very. It's it's just a million ways to keep up with it, like you said. Um, but do you do you know when you get stopped really watching Raw too, or like a year? Um. Yeah, it's probably. I mean, it was probably yeah, oh, probably around oh seven. Okay. I guess I, I really kept just kind of chance for the longest time. I, I wouldn't watch every week, but I would watch, you know, enough, and. I was like during that Seth Rollins title reign, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. This is so bad. And I told the story before, but like my my girlfriend just like turned to me one night and was just like, "Why are you watching this thing that clearly just makes you angry every week?" And I was like, "Okay, this this is a good argument. I can't really like, what are you supposed to say at that point? You know, it's bad enough when you're watching something your significant yeah. other doesn't like and you like it." But when you're watching something your significant your significant other doesn't like, and you clearly also don't like it, you don't really have a very good argument mm. for putting it on every Monday. No, you don't. So. <laughs> you really don't. I mean, if I if I wasn't um... you know living with her, I I might still put it on, but like it almost feels embarrassing to put it on in front of her. Like I just I, I'll. Yeah, you know, if I'm in front of the TV, I'll turn yeah. on for a bit, you know. And I did last night, and I hear Roman Reigns talking about... Oh, did he really? ...is up, and John I... Cena... <laughs> no, yeah, that's what he said to John Cena. He talks about ticket sales are great, and I'm like, I don't... I, I... And he's like, John Cena, you can't sell tickets, and you can't get into Hollywood. I'm like, this the last... isn't true. The, the you're, li- you're a liar, Roman Reigns. Um, the only segment I watched recently was that first one they did, the work shoot one, and I was like... I can't believe anyone on earth would praise this. This is this could be out of Russo Nitro. If it was a more a slightly more dead crowd, yeah. this would be a Russo Nitro. So I don't know. It was. I mean, didn't it give you that vibe too? It yeah, was just, it was oh, just kind of. Oh, we're shooting. The only thing missing. The only thing missing to oh, yeah. Russo is if um, you know one of them had turned to the other and be like, "When we fight at no mercy, there'll be no script." That would have that would have made that would have made. <laughs> That's it right. Oh god. But that was the only thing. Missing. Oh. But yeah, I mean, who, this this fucking work shoot horse shit. That was... Like that that was gonna turn WWE around. <laughs> mm. Do you? I don't know if you remember. Remember they went on this weird kick where like there would be bloopers backstage. Oh, like the like, like the would... microphone would fall, or like like they the the, the camera. The, the like a fan would run in and do yeah. Batista's gun pose and then run off, and it would never I, really I be mentioned again. This. Yeah, I was. I just thought, like, what? <laughs> like, who's... I, like, I, You know, some things don't work, but you kind of get why they try it, but I, I never got that at all. That was the weirdest of all all possible tropes. Yeah, it was very, very, very strange. Um, they, they, they tried all sorts of... They tried every single thing except not being terrible. <laughs> the, only, the one thing they haven't tried... No one's ever gotten... No, no one in the, the Vince brain has ever been like, maybe we should just try... Being a good wrestling promotion, yeah. Let's not do that. Yeah. Um, all right, <laughs> we can wrap this up, I guess. It's, 
we're approaching the two-hour mark, and we've long since left our actual topic behind. But this was this was <laughs> fun, and I definitely appreciate you coming on and first getting very meta with me, and then and then just being very old with me. Yeah, so we had a lot of uh, true to form. We had a lot of podcast errors with equipment. So this is a very, very meta um, episode. But yeah, thank you, Joe, for coming on. So um, I just realized I should have said this at the start. If you're wondering why Rich Crate isn't here, which is what I promised last week, it's because Rich actually asked us to move him back two weeks. So Joe was the original guest for the following week, and we moved him up. And that also means next week's guest is going to be uh, moved up a week, and it's Mr. Garrett Kidney, as I said earlier. Uh, Garrett and I, uh, gonna, I'm going to solve this mystery because we never came out and s- we never revealed the, the great mystery topic earlier. Obviously, we're going to talk about TNA. Ah, oh, I know, very shocking. And we're going to talk specifically. Our topic is going to be we, we decide we want to do the best and the funniest of TNA because you know no one who the fuck cares at this point of coming on and yelling about how terrible Vince Russo it was. You know, I, everybody knows. You can go listen to the Figure Four. You know. What was it called? Adrenaline Flush, I think. Those are fun. Those are fun. Oh, yeah. You can go listen Something to that like one that. and get red-faced. At this point, who cares? But I do want to talk about the barbed wire Christmas tree, though. So I need I needed to put Funniest in there, too, just so I could talk about the barbed wire Christmas tree. Because I haven't talked about this much on, on Omakaze yet, but I was a TNA viewer. I mean, I'd say, like, from, I don't know. Like, really, the Fox Sports Net era is when I started watching really regularly. And then I, I never gave a shit about buying the weekly pay-per-views. I, I probably bought a couple, but not. I wasn't going to buy. I wasn't going to spend $10 a week on TNA. Even, I hate to, there was a mm. reason why that model failed, everybody. Um, but, yeah, I was watching the Fox Sports Net era. And, you know, I watched a lot of the um, a lot of the Spike era. I feel like until, like, the end of the... Like, the, once the Hogan era started... Uh, that got pretty tiring, and I kind of started checking in and out at that point. But I, I watched through a lot of Russo shit. I have to say, <laughs> I mean, it one it, the one mm-hmm. thing you can never argue, you can never argue it was boring. So um, I don't. I'm not saying I liked it, but okay. Here's a here's a good here's a well, before we let you go. Would you rather watch Russo era TNA or current WWE? Okay. I'll go current WWE. I actually prefer the Russo era TNA, and I know people are gonna like, wow. you know, think I'm in, out of my mind for this, but that show was so fucking funny. That show was so terrible and so funny that at least it was interesting. And maybe if maybe like it, it didn't and it didn't piss me off in a way. You know what a big part of it probably is, like when when he was booking WCW, it's like okay, well you're crapping on this thing that I loved at one point. Whereas when you're booking TNA. You know, I didn't really have any great connection to TNA, you know? So it's like you're crapping on this thing that I barely cared about. It's a little it's a little different, I guess. Mm. Yeah, like on a weekly basis, of course current WWE is better objectively. Of course it's better booked. Of course the matches are better. But like on a weekly basis, I'd, I those one-hour impacts especially before it went two hours, they were just so fucking funny. It was just just like fucking whatever like 53 minutes or whatever of just non-stop bullshit and it was just so like i'm guessing were you a viewer at the time or no uh, okay. on and off I, I just, at best you're just not as big as into the the mystery science three theater wrestling i guess i i, I love yeah. it but that's my personal preference i if i'm gonna hate like if i'm gonna uh watch something that's bad i'd much rather be funny bad than boring bad 
but I don't know. Mm. I guess people people might disagree with me on that. It certainly seems that you do. So, um, but yeah, so that's next week. We're going to talk about the best of TNA. We're going to talk about the funniest of TNA. A lot of Vince Russo stuff will make that cut, and we're just going to talk about you know, talk about Little America's Most Wanted and Abyss, <laughs> all that good stuff. I don't know why it's the only two things I thought of immediately, but that's what I that's what, that's TNA in my brain. Is America's Most Wanted and Abyss, apparently. But, again, Joe, thank you for coming on. And, as always, listener, thank you for listening. Listener, the one, one listener. Listeners, thank you for listening. And we'll see you again next week. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.